Let me be by myself in the evening breeze Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees Send me off forever, but I ask you please Don't fence me Well, 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 well. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Live from the Discovery Design Studios. DiscoveryDesignInc.com for all you haulers, movers, builders. You name it, Discovery Design has it for you. Yes, people. Need your truck painted? I might get a uh, might get a roofing conveyor on the Radio Free Almond official company Jeep. So just in case, just in case on the event that I get done here, I don't have a meeting with an ad people or whatever, some people who want to advertise, then I'll just go and convey some roofing tiles up to, to your house. You know, just convey them into midair. Just shoot them into the sky. Shoot roofing tiles, tiles into the sky. That's what I'll do. Now you know what I think about when I don't have anything else to think about. Dumb stuff like that. I encourage you to, speaking of the sky, uh, come on now. What's wrong with me? I encourage you to, by the way, look up into the sky today, this morning, if you can, while it's still dark. Wow, is it a beautiful, beautiful starry sky this morning. Seriously. And the moon is very bright, but the stars are just like, wow, it's a canopy out there. Looks like we're at the beach for crying out loud. I don't know what, what, what's gotten into everything I have an app that is a uh, called the sky guide and I, I could see right now I could see even though I'm inside I technically it I just pointed at the sky and I could see uh, what's up and, and one of the things you're gonna see when you look at the sky uh, aside from here let me just do it, do it let me do it this way uh, is is you'll see the uh, the moon but really, it's amazing because the uh, – oh, here, do I have it upside down? No, I don't. Uh, the uh, Orion is very, very visible. It's almost right near the moon. So uh, that's really uh, pretty cool at Ursa Major and all that kind of stuff. But I would go and look up at the sky because uh, Orion is way up there. You can see Orion's belt very, very well. And then, of course, you have the, uh, the moon, which is uh, glowing. I've never seen Orion that close to the moon. So look out! Look up at the sky for crying out loud! What else do you have to do? Look up! Look at it up! Up at it while you're driving, which is uh, makes the ride treacherous, dangerous, but uh, adventurous. So do that too for me, will you please? Hello, good morning, all you early birdies! Look at everybody on here already. Paula, uh, Kathleen, hi, mother-in-law, Sandy, Bob Siegel, Vicky, 
Linda, Hillary, Rebecca, Kirsty, Scotty, and uh, Father Tom's here, and Tracy's here, and Dan's here, and Richard's here, and Vicky's here. Yeah, good morning this morning, everybody. Good morning this early. And Nikki's here, and Scotty's here. So good to, good to see all of you. It's very early in the morning. I, I'm glad to see the numbers of uh, and Sarah Lamaster, one of my former uh, co-workers over at 97.1. She now does uh, ad sales for people on the str- streamers and those kind of things. What's up? Sup, Nikki? Sup? And Jeannie's on there. Jean Albashan, who came down to the uh, happy hour on Thursday. It was great to meet you. And Tom's there, too. Uh, and Tim is on, too. And so good building this building, everybody. I, yeah, right now people just flock to the uh, – Julie's on. Good building, Julie. Yeah, everybody's on. It's nice. Uh, this morning, interesting morning, this this Kavanaugh story, this woman, Christine Ford, my goodness, it's gone from, oh, she's so credible and blah, 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 to, to she might be charged with perjury. For crying out loud. I mean, there's a lot of problems people are finding out with their story. You know, two days ago, I had Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, on with me. And you, there was, you might have kind of missed it. I was on with him for quite some time. And we rattled down the stories. But you know this story about that second door that she said she put in because she was claustrophobic and traumatized by Mr. Rapist himself, Kavanaugh. Uh, it turns out the second door wasn't even built. For her, it was built for some office for a psychologist. I mean, it, it's it's the biggest. I'll, I'll detail it for you, but it's the biggest crock of crap uh, that we've uh, we've seen in a long, long time. I mean, this is uh, crazy, and so you know, there there is a chance that she perjured herself on the on the stand there. Uh, well, basically on the stand, testifying before the judiciary committee, and so. Uh, I don't know. You do chance of lock her up for that? I don't know. But anyway, there are people who definitely want her pursued if it turns out her story is completely false. And you know, she's presumably she's talking to the FBI. I guess in this FBI investigation, it's supposed to be wrapped up by Thursday. Mitch McConnell calling for the vote on Friday, but. If she told the FBI some of this stuff, I mean, hell, Martha Stewart went to prison for getting tripped up with the FBI. Uh, This woman is not telling the truth. She's not credible. And the more I look at this story, it just is its driving me crazy how people continue to say, yeah, but she seems so credible. It's like, what were you watching? I mean, what were you listening to? Because I I don't – she didn't come across – and I know it sounds mean, I guess, but – she didn't come across as remotely credible. Hi, Mary. You like this set, do you? It's kind of nice, huh? It's cool. Here at Gaslight, it's beautiful. I like the lighting. I like, and I like having lamps and things like that around, so just that way. So thank you, Mary. But her story's falling apart, and it's incredible to watch. So we have that whole thing broken down for you, and, it, and, and boy, have you all been paying attention? Yeah, Vicky, she, you're probably right. She won't be held accountable. This is quite possibly going to go down as one of the biggest lies of the century. I mean, it's it's this is uh, absolutely crazy. Julie, you drink an iced tea. I thought about you this morning. I said I saw some iced tea on the counter, and I do like iced tea so much. I'm not going to ask Ben Murphy to go grab me some iced tea from the QT. I'm already drinking his coffee 
from yesterday that he brought in. So I got, I got, I was, it was the wealth of uh, coffee yesterday. And so then I had two. And so I had this one I could save and just keep in the Jeep all day and all night. It's black coffee. How could it possibly change or morph into anything but black coffee the next day? You know what I'm saying? So it's still black coffee. It's just cold. But I like cold black coffee, so I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. So, yeah, the, the, uh, the situation there is that, is that maybe she won't be held accountable, but this is going to go down in history as a huge lie. And, and especially related to the door, because she, she said it on tape about the door, and she lied about her fear of flying. You know, that was a lie, too. You know, I mean, she, she, it was unbelievable. And, and she lied, in my opinion, about being groped by Brett Kavanaugh. Apparently, she was making phone calls to people going, do you think that, do you remember whether it was him or not, you know? And, and on the, on, when she was being interviewed, she was like, I, well, if someone could please tell me when uh, Mark Judge was working at the Save You Tons or whatever the hell it was. Then maybe I'd be able to help you out. It's like, so, no, 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 no. This was just a debacle. And I hope that this thing, I hope Kavanaugh is, is confirmed. If he's not, uh, they, Lindsey Graham says, we'll just renominate him. <laughs> just send him back. Send him back. Do the whole thing over again. Who cares? You know, that he's going to go ahead and do that. All right. So, and also the lefties are going crazy again. Uh, Maxine Waters' flying monkeys were really out in force. Uh, yesterday, just chasing down all of these uh, state rep- uh, state uh, these uh, I'm sorry these senators, Mitch McConnell accosted at the airport. Then we had this one thing where these people were pop popping into people's offices, and these were people who are from the pro cannabis movement. What, what people? By the way, you're giving cannabis a bad name when you do this kind of stuff because normally that's not what pot smokers are up to screaming and scrunching and and howling and pounding into people's offices. It's not generally the look of the cannabis consumer. I'm just just telling you. So don't do that. It's kind of like it's it's as if it's like if you have an LGBTQ group pounding into doors. They don't do that kind of stuff. So I, don't give cannabis a bad name, people. Speaking of bad, I fulfilled my uh, my. I was able to check the box of being a horrible person yesterday. You know, because every once in a while you have that box that you check. And yesterday I checked the box of being a horrible person by purposely rooting against the Cubs. I kind of felt bad about that. I mean, because I had no business really wishing ill upon the uh, upon the Cubs. I mean, the Cardinals were out of it. So I felt a little bit dirty just rooting against them, hoping they were going to lose. You know, watching all those nice Cubs fans and little kids in the stands clutching whatever they're clutching and praying and, and, and wincing at the, at the field and hoping that somehow the Cubs are going to win. And I, I rooted against them. I was, I was like, I hope Colorado wins. And I had no stake in anything, just negativity. That's all. I was like, you know, I was just kind of being negative against the Cubs for no reason. I was picking on them. But I have to tell you, I'm glad that they lost. I'm sorry to say, but I I really am. I couldn't tolerate another 
uh, Madden pomposity, and I, and I couldn't, uh, and I just just didn't want the Cubs to win. I just didn't want it to happen. And and Rizzo and Rootso and Fatso and Skinno and all those guys. I don't like those guys. So screw them. And what's his other face? He was on our team for a while. Good pitcher though. But anyway, the Rockies are in that right now, and so I, I uh, totally rooted rooted against the Cubs. And I and and here's the thing: I stayed up through 13 innings to root against the Cubs. So so I purposely kept myself awake to root against the Cubs. So while working on the show, I mean, I just so that was so I fulfilled my duty. Done. Fulfilled my duty of being terrible. Thank you very much. By the way, speaking of that, uh, my buddy, I was yesterday uh, over at, uh, at Ricky Hall's place, Nutrition HQ, in, on McKnight in Manchester there, right next to the Orange Theory. And he, he, he's a great guy. It's Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks, and he is a brand-new sponsor of Radio Free Almond. So I hope you uh, will give Ricky uh, a props and, and go in there and buy – uh, he's got all kinds of really great things. He's got protein pizzas. He's got fantastic supplement vitamin packs. He's even got uh, natural peanut butters and all kinds of different natural foods that are that are packed with protein and certain things that that, you, that you'd never even imagine. He has uh, a protein powder now, a whey powder that has bits of uh, Snickers bar in them. Now you'd think, oh, how is that healthy to have bits of Snickers bar in there? Well, you do have to you have to have a, a little bit of the carbohydrate in your body. So he has uh, those little bits are designed, you know, to, to taste really good. But believe me, it's the calories are not there. It's just it's just the taste and and a little bit of carbs that you do need along with your protein. You can't just like ingest in protein and not carbs. It's going to hurt you. Do people need carbohydrates? And sometimes it will come in the form of little bits of Snickers. It's really, it's really good. And he, I, and I get all of my supplements from him. I have uh, vitality boosts and I have uh, a multivitamin minerals and those kinds of things and winoline, which is kind of a, uh, almost like a fat burner, but it's not that thing that keeps you jittery and everything else. And NHQ.rocks. And ladies, if you are in any way, shape or form wanting to get on uh, a, because he, he, he's particularly has, has things that are geared towards male and female. So if you're a woman and you are wanting to, drop 10 pounds rather quickly or whatever, or you want to just kind of, you know, get healthy going into winter or whatever, uh, he can help you put you on a, on a system catch, catch but, but anyway, to, to my point, he was yesterday selling these, uh, tumblers, you know, the, the water tumblers and he had Cubs and Cardinals tumblers. The Cubs tumbler was $49 <laughs> and the regular tumbler, the Cardinals com- tumbler was like 11 so the Cubs one was $49. It was pretty funny. Pretty funny. All right. So on to what we are here for. And well, aside from having fun and aside from me telling you whacked out stories and things like that, we had the uh, cannabis marijuana activist group. And, and, they were, and it's weird. They were wearing these red hats. They didn't really look like vagina hats, really. And they were wearing these dresses, and it was like it, it looked like they were going to a left-wing Oktoberfest celebration, if 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 you can imagine. Oh, 
One quick thing though, too, about Ricky, and I'll put the picture up there on the on the. I can't do the picture though, can I? Oh, I can do it on the on the main thing. There's this uh, pre workout, and it's and it's. Uh, boy, I'm, I wish there was a way I could figure out a way to go around Facebook's restriction on putting pictures in the in the comment section of live chats. I don't know why you can't do that. Does it seem right? Does it seem like it's a reasonable thing to uh, a reasonable thing to do? Uh, you 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 shouldn't. You should be allowed to put the picture in. Anyway, he's got a pre-workout that was post Colin Kaepernick and, uh, controversy, and it's a pre-workout, and it has Uncle Sam on the cover, and he's got his big, you know, his muscle showing and everything else, and he and it's called uh, "Get the F No Stand the F Up" is what the is what the pre-workout powder is called. It's fantastic. I'll put it up on the. Uh, on the site for you. Anyway, so we had these people going in to the Capitol and they, they're dressed like German milkmaids. It's like the weirdest damn thing. And they're wearing these red hats and they, uh, yeah, Linda's like, I'd had, I'd put pictures of my dog up here if you, you don't watch out. So you might not, uh, you might not like that. Yes, Sarah LeMaster says Ricky Hall is best. He is. He's great. Tore his ACLU, so he's hobbling around a little bit. So we wish him and pray him back to, uh, to health. So they look like fr- uh, German milkmaids, and they're wearing these red hats. And I can't tell whether they're really vagina hats because they're redder than the pink ones that they wore at the protest. And boots and things. And they're, and they're screaming and yelling in the, in the hallway of this thing. It's really weird. Oh, and by the way, they're on motorized scooters. You know those scooters that you find in the that are that are now on the street corners and things like that, which I think is a fantastic development. Who did that, by the way? And why didn't I do it? They have bikes and those scooters everywhere now. And I guess you swipe a credit card or do something and you take off with it. And then if you, if you pick it up and try to steal it, because that's the first thing I thought of is like, why aren't people stealing these things? Because people steal everything. You guys know that. You, you try putting like a, leaving a candy bar on your desk. It's gone. It's like people just steal, sometimes just to steal. So I'm surprised they didn't, haven't stolen these things. But anyway, apparently if you pick it up or whatever and try to put it in a, uh, a some kind of uh, car or something, it'll start, it'll actually talk like, we're calling the police, we're calling the police, like a recording or something on there. Crazy. I wanted to try to pick one up just to hear it say that because I want to I hear a, a scooter threaten to call the police. I think that would be interesting. Just some inanimate object. I'm calling the police. It's like me picking my coffee. I'm calling the police. Oh, are you now, coffee? Bite me, because I'm drinking you. Mm. I'm in a mood this morning. I don't know why. Are they, are they, are they uh, portraying the Handmaiden movie? Is that what that is, Vicky? I don't know. Sometimes you guys are, uh, you guys are way, way further along uh, than, 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 than I am. But anyway, here, she's, but how is a scooter allowed in the hallways of the, the damn Capitol? How is that, how is it possible that they're allowed in the hallways of the Capitol? 
I, I don't I don't understand it. How, how can you why, how does it get past the the guys who were guarding the Capitol? It doesn't make any sense. How is it possible? They've got scooters on. They're going through the hallways. Can we talk to you? They're they're busting into people's offices, pushing in, pushing doors in. Why is he They they're putting their they're putting their foot in the door. Okay. He said he wanted to talk to me. And how's the again? How's the how does the woman have a they scooter? But of course they won't I let you stuck. in. Oh, yeah. Can I please come in? Excuse me, Mister. Please step back. I don't my want you to get your foot hurt. Foot's yeah, yeah, here, let me get that. Right. Yeah, she put her foot in the door. She can't. She can't move her foot. I didn't put her foot in the door. I was walking in and they closed the door behind me. Yeah, th- th- this is, and, and these are, are you all. Andy Harris's office? I'm sorry, we're not. Are you with Andy Harris? The, the, these are all He's people. Works for Big Pharma. These are all people who are just pounding into offices, and it's it, and they're mixing it with their protest against Big Pharma and their protest against Kavanaugh and everything else, and it's 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 not a good look for the cannabis people. It's it's not a good look for the people who are uh, supposedly trying to get people to to somehow latch on to this medical marijuana movement, which ought to happen. And there are some people who want to go so far as to legalize marijuana, which I I frankly wouldn't really have a problem with at all. I don't I don't see why you know a plant that that grows that God grows could could possibly be regulated by the government. I don't understand that. It comes out of the ground. But if I grow it in my backyard, why can't I smoke whatever I grow in my... Why can't, I could smoke a dandelion. Or maybe. Never tried it. Some people would smoke a dandelion if they could. Some people smoke anything, really. Tell you the truth. Speaking of marijuana, I got a message yesterday uh, from our friend Angie. And she, uh, she told me that it's, it's very confusing what's on the ballot in November for the these marijuana initiatives and and to me it could be a problem for the people who want to do the legitimate passage of medical marijuana because these other initiatives are kind of uh kind of odd they've got the new approach missouri uh which came up just short of a vote in 2016 uh, because they didn't have 23 signatures. They were missing that. And they took it to court, uh, and then they finally got the the signatures uh, to, to go up on the ballot for medical marijuana. And the new approach measure, uh, it's a constitutional amendment, and doctors would be able to dis- prescribe medical marijuana uh, with for one of like 10 particular kinds of, of things. PTSD, uh, cancer, glaucoma, Parkinson's, you know, chronic pain, epilepsy, and that kind of thing. And it would have a 4% sales tech att- attached to it, and the revenue would be earmarked for veterans programs. And the State Department of Health and Senior Services would regulate sales, cultivation, and licensing. So that seems to be a reasonable thing, although I, I do 
wonder whether or not there ought to be, whether there should be, for instance, restrictions on the kinds of ailments that it could be prescribed for. Because there are people with MS, for instance, and I know them, who actually use marijuana. It's the only thing that really actually really actually helps them is is the uh is is the medical marijuana is well they don't really it's not really medical they're just buying it from someplace else because believe me whether or not it's passed there are people who are smoking it they're just doing it at this point basically illegally i guess uh it it's the only uh ballot initiative by the way that would uh permit patients to grow their own weed uh, but they'd have to be grown in a facility registered by the state. So what you'd have is you'd have like a community garden to grow to grow your weed in. You'd pay like $100 for a licensing fee, and you'd have a little plot someplace, and you'd grow your weed there. And the basically the cost would, to the state would be $7 million, but tax revenue would come up at $18 million for the state and six million for local governments. Then there's a, the second constitutional amendment, which is this one's kind of odd to me. This is called the uh, Bradshaw Amendment, named for the uh, Springfield attorney and physician Brad Bradshaw, who self-funded the whole measure. So it's a guy. By the way, I'm getting this from the Riverfront Times, and I might as well uh, utilize them as much as I can before I close them down. The Bradshaw Amendment is uh, ambitious. It creates a state research institute, uh, establishes a nine-person research board led by Bradshaw himself, this guy. I'm not voting for this one, by the way, just so you know. I don't trust just some dude, you know, putting together a constitutional amendment and, oh, by the way, I'm running the program. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not voting for the Bradshaw Amendment, for Dr. Bradshaw. Welcome. Please vote for Dr. Bradshaw's constitutional amendment. I'm going, no, I'm not going to vote for Dr. Bradshaw's constitutional amendment. And, and the board would uh, develop cures and treatments for cancer and other incurable diseases. Uh, the Bradshaw amendment would impose the highest tax, 15%, and some of that tax revenue would fund health and care services for veterans. I don't, it's, it's, uh, they are uh, both constitutional amendments. And then there's the Missourians for Patient Care Act. And this isn't a constitutional amendment. This is a statutory amendment that if passed would essentially create a new law, meaning it could be altered by, by lawmakers later on. Uh, the flexibility could come in handy when new regulatory bodies and bureaucracies uh, come about. And the uh, Travis Brown, uh, who's over there at Pelopidus, he was where we used to do the TV show, uh, he led the signature collection for the Patient Care Act. And he says that a statutory amendment would create a more versatile framework for getting Missouri's medical marijuana industry up and running. And it would impose a 2% tax. So I don't know. It sounds like uh, the, the Patient Care Act is a good one. And the uh, other one is a good one. The uh, new approach. But I'm not voting for that, you know, Dr. Bradshaw's constitutional amendment stuff. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
It sounds it sounds too kooky as far as I'm concerned. So uh, that's interesting to have three different marijuana initiatives on. And I'll get Travis Brown in here eventually to talk about that. When he says the state level one is more reasonable because it can be it can be added on to and whatever. The problem that with that too though is it can also be manipulated to serve certain interests who actually might not be deserving of that. And so I'm a little bit uh, leery of a law, a statutory law that could be changed and manipulated depending on whose interests they want to serve. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think the new approach one and the other statutory one, all all I believe is that we ought to be in a situation where we are promoting Medical marijuana, I think it's been far too too long. I think there are a lot of people who really do need it and who want it and, and who are well served by it. Some of the medications that people have are uh, are hard on bodies and and they are uh, dehydrating and and they're addictive and all these kinds of things and it just seems to me like medical marijuana is the perfect answer to that because, yeah, there are certain side effects, I'm sure, for people, and I'm sure there are certain things that are going on that that affect people, and I'm sure there are arguments to be made that there are addictive qualities of marijuana, I guess, but it's not nearly as bad as the opioids and that kind of thing. You've seen what happens with the opioids. My goodness gracious, this has been, uh, uh, it's been horrible. It's been a scourge on the earth. It's been, people are committing suicide and everything else. It's just bad news, but there are a lot of people, PTSD, you're telling me that, that, that a guy or a woman who are suffering through the throes of uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome shouldn't have access to a plant that could help them and relieve some of the things that are ailing them? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't we want our veterans or our law enforcement people or other individuals uh, who are suffering through, post, through PTSD, why wouldn't we allow them every possible option you could possibly imagine to, to get help? I don't understand why that's such a problem. Why is this so hard? Yeah, Lise and, and Mama Kay, you, you, you know, you really can't OD on it. And I can't imagine it being addictive, unless to the point where people just like it so much it feels good. But, you know, but, but I'm talking about, like, uh, opioids hook you. I mean, like, there are people who go through pain, and once the pain is over, they still need the opioids. Their bodies are dependent on it. I, don't, I think and no study has shown that if you do marijuana – that somehow you're just eventually going to have to have to have it, you know. Although there is an old movie called Reefer Madness. Remember that one? Reefer Madness. I've got to have some weed. They're all running around, and and, and it's and it's you know they're they're trying to uh, to. I'll I'll play a little bit for you later on. You ought to look up Reefer Madness. And really, what it was was it was a movie designed to scare people. And this was designed by people who were pushing alcohol at the time. And they were they didn't want people. It's the same thing with pharmaceutical companies now. They're trying to scare everybody away from using marijuana and, and make it out to be some kind of uh, terrible thing because it's a competition for them. They're making a ton of money off pharmaceuticals, man. I mean, you can make a ton of money off weed too, but, but they're making a ton of money off pharmaceuticals. 
And so the pharmaceutical industry, by bankrolling politicians, has basically kept medical marijuana from becoming a thing. This is a this is the biggest no brainer that I've I, I've ever uh, had. Mama K says she should have a show, the evening show, called Reefer Madness. Yeah, Reefer Madness, though, it was, it was solely put out there not because people were trying to look out for people's health, but because they were trying to keep people from uh, using marijuana because they were afraid it was going to take away from their gin joints and, and, their, and, their, and their liquor. They didn't want the competition. So, and at that time, the liquor industry was bankrolling the politicians. And so reefer madness became a thing. Don't smoke pot. Those people smoking it and they're bug-eyed and everything else. I got a theme song. I've got a theme song for the for the reefer madness show, Mama K. If you want to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Radio Free Almond. Welcome to Reefer Madness with the lovely Mama K and all of her pot-smoking friends. They're going to regale you with all things Reefer. I guess, Mama K, you'd have to get... You'd have to get... Kim Paris in there as well. She's going to be in on Friday. You have to get Kim in there with her uh, Apache company selling all kinds of goods there. You could, it could be a sponsor of the show. How did I forget the name of that company? What's wrong with me? Oh, Mama K. Shh. I don't know. Why? What? What am I saying? Remind me the name of Kim's... Don't tell Kim Paris I didn't remember the name of her company. Oh, Apache Blaze. Okay, never mind. I remember it on my own. Kim Paris, I remembered it on my own. ApacheBlaze.com. But that's just for art and tobacco. I suppose if there's a, there's a marijuana thing going on, it would help. But for now, it's just simply uh, people blowing glass and doing very artistic work. That's all they're doing, so it's nothing not, nothing to look at here, nothing to see here. So, yeah. Yeah, Weed Party. That'd be the theme song for uh, Mama K's uh, brand new show. That's Band of Horses, one of my favorite bands. Love Band of Horses. Why don't they ever come to St. Louis? Drives me crazy. And when they do, I don't know about it until uh, it's too late. That's what it happens to me all the time. It's like, you know, uh, wait, hold on a second. I'm trying to get my... I, I, I find out these guys are coming like the day of. Oh, by the way, tonight Band of Horses is going to be at the patch. It's like, I went to school. Con- Why didn't you tell me? Because things I got to do today, tonight. Yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we got to get going because I've got some stuff to tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Matt, Matt, long term side effects are blaming others for your problems. <laughs> Oh, man. Come on, just pass medical marijuana already, you goofballs. Why do you need a constitutional amendment for this thing? Just do it. People are already doing it, so you might as well get on board with it and, and, and take uh, advantage of, uh, of the money you can make for it, you know, or with it, and, and, and turn it into an industry. The only problem with the medical marijuana thing and the marijuana thing in general is I know that I'm not going to be 
part of it. I, I know because that, that, that's what happens is you guys, all of us out here, you know, we can't just start a medical marijuana farm someplace. You know, you have to go through all this regulatory rigmarole and, you know, you got to so, – so, so everybody is, you know – you know, involved, but they all they're at the they're at the beginning of the stages of it. They're like investors, you know. They already know. Like I, I mean, I, I love Travis Brown, but you got to understand that 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 whole statutory thing. Imagine all the lawmakers and all the people now who already have a stake in a medical marijuana facility. I mean, come on, how many of them already have their hands in uh, investment potential for medical marijuana facilities? You know, you have to imagine they're all ready to rock and you and me won't be part of that whole ready to rockness. I guarantee you. It's like what happened with ethanol. They, 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 they shoved ethanol down our throats and the lawmakers there. And I know for a fact they did at the uh, U.S. level. We're all investing in fertilizer companies. Suddenly there was a huge uh roll-in of investment in fertilizer companies right before they passed the ethanol requirement. And once they did that, well, what do you think happened? Well, fertilizer company stocks went through the roof because they were, at that point, you know, ready to, ready to go. They, 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 the people were now going to be growing corn out of their uh, rear ends. So they were, they, it was fantastic. And so a lot of these guys made a ton of money in the fertilizer investment business while they were voting to require ethanol as part of uh, our gasoline. And then when ethanol, the whole ethanol thing went south and was a boondoggle, uh, they still made their money off the fertilizer. I think everybody thinks some of that's coming on with this, uh, with this marijuana thing. Some of these guys already have their investments all lined up, and they want us to vote. And, you know, more power to them, I guess. But I still think that we ought to go ahead and, and, and get, the, get, the, get the ball rolling on, on this. You know what I'm saying? All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, yes, it is our National Anthem, people. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air Gave proof through the night That our flag was still there Oh, say does that star-spangled Banner yet
It's not too late. Golden Oak Lending has millions of dollars available with mortgage rates in the threes. Pay off high interest credit cards. Eliminate PMI. Fix up your home. You could even skip two months of mortgage payments. And if we can't close your loan, the appraisal is no charge. Call 314-567-GOLD. 567-GOLD. Golden Oak Lending cured my blues. NMLS 114937, 111 Westport Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Omen. We are live in the Discovery Design Studios. Yes! DiscoveryDesignInc.com, people. Oh, baby, would you look right there? The way the sun is hitting your head. The way the world just stopped right here in midair. I don't ever want Check out the sky this morning, people, before it gets too light outside. Beautiful sky. Stars are everywhere. Today, Wednesday? No, Thursday, Wednesday. Yes, everybody, good morning. Love these some red elephants, I'll tell you that. Debbie Swift Copeland, you're out there on the Facebook feed. You are uh, saying that your company you're with has grown more than 1,500%. Projected to be in the Fortune 500 next year. Well, tell us what the company is, baby. I want to get in on that. Like I've got money to burn, but what? oh, well. Hell, I invested in a in a uh, oil company that was exploring New Guinea. Like an idiot, they haven't found anything there. Hyperdynamics. Long time ago, you know, invested in them, and uh, it was only like a grand. But I kind of lost. I lost it. I, I don't even know whether Hyperdynamics is still a company anymore. They kept poking their stick into the New Guinea, offshore New Guinea, and finding nothing. Hyperdynamics. We think it's still out there. No. No, there's no oil out here, buddy. It's it's interesting because it seems like there's... uh... Yeah, Julie, so it's a sunrise. Yeah. Boy, the the sky in the evening, nighttime was beautiful. And then this morning before the sun rose, and now the sun's popping up. So that was the introduction to a beautiful uh, sunrise then. Thanks for uh, filling us in there, Julie. Yeah, it's seemingly there's oil everywhere but the place that this company thought there was. Like, there's oil squirting out of my driveway. More than there's is in New Guinea. <laughs> Man, this needs some direction. So, Debbie, what's the name? Uh, did, did, did Debbie tell us what the company is, or is she uh, holding out on us? Uh, let me see. Did I miss it? Uh, let me see. 
the company I'm with has grown more than 1,500% this year. And uh, it's a Brett Eldridge Christmas, which I'm not going to get into right now. Uh, 15% projected to be in the Fortune 500 next year. So uh, what is... Um, what is it? I wonder. I'm just trying to figure figure that out. Uh, what what company is it? And we'll maybe uh, we'll maybe get involved some way, shape, or form. So, all right. If you're waking up this morning, you might realize uh, that there is a real super major problem with the story being told by Christine Ford, and it's falling apart rapidly and it's and the problem is now is that there's uh, the, the news media is not following up on any of the actual holes in her story they're now just ignoring it and they they've moved on to Brett Kavanaugh's temperament you notice how the story has has uh, evolved right now right so you have people who accused Brett Kavanaugh of being a gang rapist and being an attempted rapist and being a drunk and being this and being that. And you had all these accusations made and Brett, uh, Brett Kavanaugh decides he's going to go out there and fight for what he believes in and, and, and fight for his right in terms of, of to, to defend himself and also fight for the Supreme Court seat, and he is livid about the whole thing. And now, suddenly, after they accuse him wrongly of gang rape and Christine Ford's just incessant lying, now it's like, yeah, but, you know, your temperament, though, you know, the way you yelled out there really doesn't make you uh, capable of being a Supreme Court justice. It's like, um, excuse me? You accuse this guy of being a gang rapist and a criminal. It's, it's so passive-aggressive of these nuts there in Washington. Uh, I know we accused you of uh, gang rape right in front of your daughters, and I know that we accused you of uh, raping some nut uh, right in front of your family and in front of the world, uh, but we just, and I know it's all bull crap, but we just didn't like the way you responded to it. Come on. Drives me crazy. Makes me very angry. And then and, 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 uh, Jeff Flake is like, I don't know. I don't really like the way it's like, you know, I don't really like the way that he talked to the senators. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, come on. You accuse the guy. What world are you living in? You accuse this guy of gang rape and everything else, and you, ex- and, and you don't expect him to respond emotionally and, and viscerally? I mean, unbelievable. So – Anyway, this one part of her story, I believe that she I, – I, I think she has perjured herself, and I think she needs to be punished if she did, in fact, commit perjury. If she's telling these same stories to the FBI, she'll go up the same river as, as Martha Stewart and, and look for Christine Ford to have a cooking show with Snoop Dogg on cable network in about five years. But nonetheless, if she's lying to the uh, to the FBI, uh, that's that's a that's a huge major problem. But she lied, in my opinion, to the uh, Judiciary Committee. And one of the biggest, fattest lies, of course, in my opinion, was the whole I'm afraid of flying thing. And and the investigators then summarily listed 10 different flights that she made 
for vacations and everything else. And so that was clearly something that just busted and broke uh, and destroyed her credibility. So I, you know, I, that's, that's was right there bad enough. But then we had the mystery of the second door that, that Christine Ford claimed that she needed installed on her house because she was so traumatized by Brett Kavanaugh. I had never told the details to anyone, the specific details, until May 2012. Plus, it really drives me nuts watching this and seeing this and, and, and seeing her fake, you know, big glasses, hair in front of her eyes and her baby voice. It just, it's infuriating. It drives me nuts just to watch it, but I, I have to watch it, I guess. The details to anyone the specific details, until May 2012. I mean, this is so fake. How, how can anybody, how can anybody, unless, the, unless you're afraid of, of being accused of being a misogynist or a rapist yourself, how could anybody have looked at this video and watched her testimony and thought it was credible in any way, shape, or form? I mean, knowing what you know, and these were grown-ups, okay, who who have uh, who have been around the block. I mean, you know when people are lying. You you know when people are telling some kind of crazy, weird story, and you know when there's something not right. There's a little bit of a screw loose. You know. You can pick up on that. Most people can. Most people who are insightful people who, who, who pay any attention to body language and the way people operate, you can tell when somebody is completely full of crap. I mean, I, at least I can. And I know a lot of you can. You guys know what's up. But how can anybody watch this testimony? You know, Chris Wallace was almost in tears after this whole thing. I can't believe she's the most credible. This is going to be a real problem for Republicans. And, you know, it was true, but come on. And now everybody has to preface their remarks about it like, well, both sides were credible, but the story, no, no, one side was credible, one side was not. And by the way, I have, I have no vested interest necessarily in Kavanaugh getting confirmed. Uh, I have a vested interest in the truth. But boy, is she, is she just, it's hard to watch because you, you, it's so fake. You feel dirty watching the whole details thing. Details to anyone, the specific details, until May 2012 during a couple's counseling session. The reason this came up in counseling is that my husband and I had completed a very extensive very long remodel of our home. She was, she was crying about remodeling. Didn't we? It's a terrible remodeling of our home. And I insisted on a second front door. An idea that he and others... She's lying right here. You know that, right? She's absolutely lying to the Senate Judiciary Committee under oath... This is perjury here, people. Disagreed with and could not understand. In explaining why I wanted a second front door, <laughs> I began to describe the assault in detail. Yeah, right. Okay. I'd never. So, so 
the second front well, the door. the details to anyone. Yeah, right. So the second front door. Okay. So there is a group called Real Clear Investigations, and there are actual records of this renovation. And, and Matt, by the way, can you tell me when my guy from Golden Oak is here, just by the way? Okay. Let me know because he's, he's on his way, and we're going to do our uh, weekly hit with these guys because they've got some new information for you, and I've got some new questions for them. So anyway, according to uh, uh, Paul Sperry, he's with Real Clear Investigations, there actually are records that pertain to this door that she's claiming she insisted be installed because she needed a second door because of her paranoia or her trauma at the hands, the groping hands of Brett Kavanaugh. Now, what you just heard there, if you, I guess you'd have to say the records are faked or not, or not real and that she's actually telling the truth. But if you believe what's on paper, when you look at evidence, for instance, which, of course, it's amazing, there's so little evidence here uh, for anything, and, and and tons of evidence to refute what she's saying and what all these other people are saying. So this uh, evidence is clearly refuting her story. And when she was up there telling them about the second door and insisting on the same door, she was lying under oath. That's perjury. And they need to pursue her. On perjury charges, if that's if this is the case, there needs to be a separate investigation. Once Kavanaugh is confirmed, let's go ahead and and get the FBI or somebody else onto investigating her testimony and the facts surrounding her door. And, and the problem with this is that, well, you know, there's the people going uh, who the, the, there's the one side of people who believe everything is coming out of her mouth. Then there's the other side that's like, yeah, but something happened to her. It's like, really? Well, no one could. It's like, no, I don't think anything happened to her. Other than the fact that her mind deteriorated somehow as she aged. But I don't think anything happened to this woman. I think she's lying through her teeth here. And I knew that the minute I heard her open her mouth. I'm like, are they, are they interviewing a 12-year-old girl here? What is going on with vocal fry and pigtails and a lollipop? What kind, of, what kind of monstrosity is this? What kind of, what kind of a Halloween party are we watching here? And I, didn't even, I was listening to it. I didn't, I didn't see it, but my goodness gracious. It's like, this, uh, it's like a Harlequin show. Wow. Anyway, back to the door. So Real Clear Investigation says records indicate that the door was not just used as an escape route, but was actually used as a marriage counseling office in her home. You remember during her testimony, she goes, and we had uh, uh, some Google interns staying with us. This is all a bunch of crap. Palo Alto City records show that a building permit for an additional room and exterior door was issued to Ford and her husband on the 4th of February, 2008. More than four years before the 2012 therapy session 
where she says she first identified Kavanaugh as her attacker. Never mind, there are people now coming out of the uh, out of the woodwork saying, you know, she called me and asked me if it was Brett Kavanaugh. Do you realize that? Do you realize she she had like some kind of uh, phone tree going where she was calling everybody and anybody to say, do you, do you think it was Brett Kavanaugh who did this to me? She didn't even know. There are people who will testify to that or at least have told the FBI all that. Other documents, including health care provider registration records, reveal that a marriage counselor listed Ford's home address as her place of employment and used the extra room and door for her clinical practice. The marriage therapist, Sylvia Adkins Randall, sold the home to the Fords in 2007, but continued to maintain the address for her business. So what happened is she sold the home, and then the Fords apparently agreed to go ahead and let her utilize the home as a marriage counseling office, and then just put the addition on for that. And, and, and then the person they, they contacted, Dr. Randall, said, I don't want to be mentioned, it's personal. So she didn't want to get into it. Then, since that front door was installed, uh, students from local colleges have lived in the additional room with the private door. Ford testified, as you all remember, that she had hosted various other residents there, including Google interns. And so the people who were there and staying there are all like, she didn't install that door for an escape route or anything else. She did it because she had renters and businesses operating out of her home. Uh, and and uh, they were clearly they were there for business purposes, not just not not related to her anxieties. That that's the that's the person investigating it. Now now keep in mind, uh, and this is on hot air here. Ford did admit that the door was used for guests, uh, but she never mentioned it was used for a marriage counseling office. She never mentioned that it was built basically and created as an extra office space. She never mentioned that in in her testimony at all. And so if you're going to have a business operating in your home, you're normally going to have a second door in the home to, to, you know, walk patients through and everything else. You, you, you don't want to have a, your main door being used for some other business. You know, I mean, come on, you know what I'm talking about. So it doesn't, mean that 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 the story's completely false but you know let's just tie this into her statements about needing to uh not come into this hearing because she couldn't fly and 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 she was telling them that she had anxieties about flying and claustrophobia due to the uh, this alleged assault at the hands of Brett Kavanaugh, but then under oath, and only when she was asked by the investigator under oath, she basically admitted she's flown all all over the place. 
I mean, you know, and, and the truth of the matter is she might not like flying. And, 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 but, but she'll do it to go to Tahiti, right? And, and she might prefer to have two exits. But let's keep in mind the, the second one is a spare room. That is for renters and a and at one point for a, a separate business. So you know, is she completely falsifying everything? Well, in my opinion, she absolutely is, but I don't know whether you can actually prove that necessarily. But you can prove that she's not telling the full story. And 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 she did say under oath that she put the room in because her of her anxieties but the reality is it it turns out that records indicate it was because she was adding a separate room and adding a brand new uh a brand new a business to the thing so you know there's there's a good chance that 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 this is uh this is a complete fabrication and plus, watching her just is, is hugely disturbing. And by, by the way, now President Trump is being uh, maligned as, uh, as, as uh, mocking Christine Ford. And, and I guess technically you could call this mocking her, but, but, but they're acting as if uh, he's re-victimizing her somehow by, by mocking her because that's all they have. They have right now they have, they have the uh, lack of temperament good temperament on the part of Kavanaugh since they don't have any credible evidence to suggest he's what he claims he is. Or they, they, they claim he is, which is a gang rapist and a, and a rapist. So now they're not going, yeah, but you know, the way he responded to our falsities, we just don't like his yelling. It's like, oh my goodness, what kind of world are we living in? And yeah, President Trump is now making headlines because he's daring to state the facts about Christine Ford's testimony. It's nothing about this testimony that is uh, in any way, shape, or form coming across as credible. And so President Trump is knows all this. So he's, you know, hold on, let me get my uh, sound up here real quickly. Sorry. Gang rape. Here, hold on. Let me do, just start from the beginning. This What's a happening now? They had gang rape, a gang rape. Many times. Well, that turned out to be false. So many different charges. Guilty until proven innocent. That's very dangerous for our country. That's very dangerous for our country. And I have it myself all the time. But for me, it's like a part of the job description. Let it happen to me. Should Can you guys, by the way, boost the sound up there from your level, please? If you don't mind, just give me a little more. Uh, him. Shouldn't happen to him. What he's going through, 36 years ago, this happened. I had one beer, right? I had one beer. Well, do you think it was, nope, it was one beer. Oh, good. How did you get home? I don't remember. How'd you get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. What's he saying that isn't true there? What is President Trump saying that is in any way, shape, or form untrue in the statement he's making? And I guess technically, I mean, I guess this is uh, mocking her testimony, but you have to understand the word, what the word mocking usually uh, connotes. 
it usually it usually connotes somehow that you are picking on somebody or bullying somebody or wrongly talking to somebody because mocking is normally a more pejorative term. It's more of a, if I'm mocking you, it's making me an aggressor, right? If, if you say, uh, you're mocking me, well, that, that's a negative thing. So uh, President Trump, if you want to be accurate and precise, you could say that President Trump is pointing out the falsehoods in her testimony. But that doesn't work for you if you're at the news media, or anybody else who wants to negatively uh, portray the president, and, and so you have to say that he's mocking her, like he, like he's mocking a disabled person or something. It's it's ridiculous. Now, sometimes you can use the word mocking, and I'm not I'm not that this that pedantic about this whole thing. But you have to understand words do have meaning and nuances and things like that, and are utilized by certain people for the purposes of conveying a certain thing. People choose words and choose methods of delivery to convey what they want to convey. Once you have command of the English language or whatever, you've got, uh, you, you, you have opened up uh, an entire world for you, for yourself. So uh, you can, I guess say, you know, Oh, mocking is, you know, you can you can actually you can see a conservative side like the gateway pundit says he's mocking her, but that's not meant to be pejorative. But this all the way the headlines you see I I don't know you saw the post dispatch this morning it's like President Trump mocks, you know alleged sex assault victim it's like oh great, but he's not doing that. What about anything he's saying here is Part not of the true? Job description. <laughs> Let it happen to me. Shouldn't happen to him. Shouldn't happen to him. What he's going through, 36 years ago, this happened. I had one beer, right? I had one beer. Well, do you think it was, nope, it was one beer. Oh, good. How did you get home? I don't remember. How'd you get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What neighborhood was it in? I don't know. Where's the house? I don't know. Upstairs, downstairs, where was it? I don't know. But I had one beer. That's the only thing I remember. That's interesting, too, when President Trump points it out. But by the way, there's nothing he said there that is untrue. Everything he said there is completely true. There's not a falsity there. But it is interesting. Remember I told you about the the way that uh, homicide investigators uh, do things and can detect people who are uh, doing certain, uh, they're guilty of a crime, and especially a serious one like murder, obviously. So what they do is they, they'll, they'll have the person who is the suspect, they'll have that person go uh, write down everything they did that particular day. And oftentimes they will because that's just how things work. Uh, they'll one there will be a point in their day where they'll be ultra precise about knowing where they are. Like all day long, it's like around noon. Then I did this, and then uh, right after lunch, I went over to the blah blah blah, and then at seven twenty one, I 
was blah 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 in seven twenty two, and then and it just so happens that's the time of the murder, and it's like that's the guy because they all, they always give themselves away. People who commit crimes usually uh, are, aren't they, they just it's it, it, it's just hard to cover your tracks, and so it's interesting how she knows for sure she had one beer, but can't remember anything else. Well, except allegedly that Brett Kavanaugh chased her up the stairs and groped her along with Mark Judge. But it's interesting how how she's 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 she knows she just had one beer. That's usually like when you're pulled over by the cops, right? Uh, a person's pulled over by the cops for uh, and, and they've been drinking. And what do they usually say? I'm sorry, officer. I had 12 beers. No. Have you had anything to drink tonight? Uh, yes, I had about seven gin and tonics. Yeah, it's like they never say that. It's always, um, I had a couple of beers, <laughs> or I, I had I had one glass of wine, officer. It's like, oh, really? Why are you swerving back and forth in between lanes? I mean, you know, but they're always they're always doing that. Yeah, you know, they always yeah. But so so it's clear as she she knows she has had only had one beer, but knows almost nothing else about what happened. Yeah. And a man's life is in tatters. A man's life is shattered. His wife is shattered. His daughters, who are beautiful, incredible young kids, they destroy people. They want to destroy people. These are really evil people. And then you see... They are. And then you see the people that are doing it. I know everyone. I could tell you things about every one of them. <laughs> you could, too. And we have. I mean, you know, these people, the, 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 the people on the Senate Judiciary Committee raising the most hell are, you talk about misfit toys. Goodness gracious. You, you've, got, you've got people who are, uh, who are, have these backgrounds like, uh, Blumenthal and uh, and and uh, what's his face now? I can't remember now. I can't remember his damn name now. The oh, Cory Cory Booker. I mean, come on, Cory Booker, Mister Snatch Man himself, Mister Mister. Am I getting the home base guy? That guy, Cory Booker's the one now t- talking about how you know. Well, uh, Sp- you know, Spartacus is now now blathering on about how we. We, we need to continue on with this investigation and, you know. So my hope is that just beyond the vicious partisan rancor that is going on, beyond the accusations, we don't lose sight of what this moral moment is about. In it's so country. interesting how now, though, too, like Dick Durbin and all the, all the uh, old Democrats, you know, all the, all the white guys, right? They, 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 they put Cory Booker up front there. Because you've seen you've seen everything going on regarding how these guys talk about old white men and old white this and old white that, and they bring race into it when it was completely unnecessary. What do you so? What do you think their next move is? Well, it's certainly not going to be to put an old white man like Dick Durbin up there. No, he's going to be he's going to be behind Cory Booker with his uh, with his arm up the back of Cory Booker's coat. T- t- 
making him making him perform this puppetry in front of the uh, cameras and ultimately ask ourselves the question is this the right person to sit on the highest court in the land for a life Time appointment. Yes, but the uh, fact that I uh, refer to women's private parts as snatch and I talked about groping people and I feel bad about it, that makes me all the more uh, able to be a U.S. senator and call myself Spartacus. It's like, really? And, and you're, you're sitting in judgment of this guy? When their credibility has been challenged by... Yeah. The credibility of you could you could take the credibility of every single one of these guys who are the harshest critics of uh, of... Kavanaugh, and you can impugn their credibility. I mean, Dick Durbin won't even admit he grew up in East St. Louis. That's how credible a guy Dick Durbin is. He'll he'll fabricate his birthplace by omission. And then you have Cory Booker, who has admitted to be a, a, a groper when he was younger, and and wrote about it proudly. And, and then you have uh, Blumenthal, who lied about his Vietnam record. You have Feinstein, who uh, clearly, even if you look at her past in in the in the uh, financial dealings of her husband there in San Francisco and everything else, you look at her past, and she's got plenty of problems. Pat Leahy, Leaky Leahy, you remember him? Father Tom thinks she was drinking nine oh five beer. Remember nine oh five. There was a there was a there was a nine oh five uh, uh, liquor store right downtown where the uh, uh, that little park is now in the middle of uh, Market Street. There was a nine oh five down there. Nine oh five also down there over there in New City. The nine oh five. We used to well, I shouldn't know. Can't believe people did this for us, but we all we had to do was we'd hang out in in uh, lots, in in parking lots, and we would uh, ask people to go in and buy beer for us. And they did. You believe that? Would you do that for anybody right now? If there's a kid <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in a parking lot hanging out near a car and, and you ask them to go in and, and they ask you to go in and buy them a six-pack of beer would you do that? They did that for us. I guess those were the days, though. You'd be, you know, people smoked on airplanes for crying out loud. Back when people smoked on airplanes, they would buy beer for the chillins. But yeah, they would. Uh, they would go in there and do that. I guess they, this would had to be around. You know, I mean, let's see. I was um, uh, fifteen, <laughs> sixteen, <laughs> probably sixteen. I'll just say 16 for now, uh, Your Honor. And I would, uh, you, yeah, Linda's like, yeah, I wouldn't do it. We had plenty of people who did it. But that was back in the day when things weren't so jumpy. And, you know, it was, it was kind of like the, you know, the mid-70s. And, and people were, uh, were kind of, uh, were, you know, I guess a little luck. Oh, it's okay. Everybody needs a beer every once in a while. Those little kids. I, I don't want to deprive these nice young people of of uh, of a good old fashioned tall boy. Why would I do that? And look, they have such sweet faces and these cherubs. And and never mind that they're actually standing outside uh, of a car that they're going to 
they're going to drink the beer and get into or they're going to get into and drink the beer. I'm going to go, I'm going to buy some beer for these nice young Americans. That's funny. I would I would I would be, first of all, I wouldn't do it just on principle. But I would also uh I would also think that it was some kind of sting operation, so I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it for that reason either. I'd think that there was uh there'd be somebody, you know, looking out, you know, there was a sting job or something. But that's not the only reason I wouldn't do it. I don't think I, I, I couldn't possibly uh, do that for, for somebody now. But, boy, there are a lot of people who did, I'll tell you. All right, so you want more Ford lie stuff? Okay. So now we have a longtime boyfriend. And, and we haven't even gotten to the Swintack or whatever the hell her name is, the gang rapey uh, accuser, which is a complete falsehood. So uh, the former longtime boyfriend of Dr. Christine Ford uh, has told the Senate Judiciary Committee that he witnessed Dr. Ford coaching a friend on how to take a polygraph examination. Uh, the the, the uh, Senator Grassley decided they were going to uh, to 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 send a letter uh, to this uh, to her far left attorney also had this little nugget in it here and I'll read the, the part of the letter to you the the full details uh, oh yeah Todd Starnes you know John Todd Starnes says that he can't uh, he can't be on with me because of the restrictions of Fox News. I don't know why that that is because Judge Napolitano is on with me, so I don't understand why Todd can't. Uh, and the best I could figure is that Todd probably has a um, uh, probably has some dealings with uh, with distribution of his radio show that include uh, radio stations owned by the company I'm suing. Intercom, so that could that could that's a possibility, but uh, I, I I might see him when I'm in New York next week, and I'll talk to him. I'm I'm going to be seeing uh, Brian Kilmeade and and Judge Balotano next Friday when I'm in New York. So uh, I will I will kind of uh, I'll, I'll move the ball a little bit uh, there, but Fox is a little jumpy about things, and 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 of course you know I'm working on this. Uh, on being a contributor there. And that's one of the reasons why I'm up there uh, going to Fox news to be a contributor for them. And then of course, uh, Kevin Jackson then gets fired. And uh, then, <laughs> then Kevin's interviewed by it's for, for a tweet. And so it's like, Oh damn it. Why, why does it have to be a tweet? And now suddenly, and he's from St. Louis. And now suddenly it's like, Oh, aren't you the St. Louis who tweeted the thing about David Hunt? And it's like, yeah, I was. But I didn't. It wasn't wrong. It was. I didn't even tweet David. I mean, you guys know the story around that. But anyway, the timing isn't isn't perfect for me, uh, and I'm not blaming Kevin for that. But nonetheless, uh, Kevin actually went on the uh, show with Joe Piscopo, and man, did he did he drop the dime on some people? He went after Ed Henry and Jesse Waters. I'll play it for you in a little bit. He he went after them uh, for some things, so it was pretty. It was uh, it was pretty interesting. 
And Kevin, you know, once we get Radio Free Almond up, I don't know whether Kevin will be interested in having a show. I'd love to have him have a show on Radio Free Almond once we once we get it going here. I've, I've, he and I have talked via text uh, a little bit, but um, you know, a lot of these. I was I I, I I texted him. He and I he and I hadn't really spoken since the uh, whole debacle uh, regarding the Intercom ninety seven one thing. A lot of people haven't gotten back to me. I even I texted Rod the Bod. Rod Rodney Boyd, and and he doesn't get back to me. He does the same thing with Roy Blunt won't call me back, won't text me back, be on the show. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I I, uh, I did uh, with with Rod the Bob. The only reason I talked to Rodney is because I uh, I I was just saying hi because I had heard that Rodney Boyd was telling people I wasn't doing very well, and I was like, well. Um, Rodney, I'm doing fine, dude. I've got Radio Free Almond, and I'm 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 doing great. It's fantastic. Things are things are moving right along. Piling up sponsors, and I have probably uh, even seemingly more listeners than I had with ninety seven one, and and consistent. So I I I just was going to tell him I wasn't going to yell at him or anything. I was just texting him to tell him I'm I'm doing fine because he told somebody on an airplane that he was worried about me. I was like, dude. Uh, so if any of you talk to Rodney Boy, tell him I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. Anyway, so Grassley's letter he sent this letter to uh, to the, this far left nut of an attorney, and here's what Grassley said: the full details of Dr. Ford's polygraph are particularly important because the Senate Judiciary Committee has received a sworn statement from a longtime boyfriend of Dr. Ford's stating that he personally witnessed Dr. Ford coaching a friend on polygraph examinations. When asked under oath in the hearing whether she'd ever given any tips or advice to someone who was planning on taking a polygraph, Dr. Ford replied, never. This statement raises specific concerns about the reliability of her polygraph examination results. The Senate, therefore, needs this information. Now, this has got to make a few butts tighten who are surrounding Ford because now we have three examples where the honesty of her answers are in severe doubt. We've got the airplane stuff, which is complete BS, her talking about her fear of flying and then summarily in the investigator list 10 times where she flew, including to Tahiti. Then we have the, the monstrosity of a lie, in my opinion, the, the second door thing that she claims was put in because she had so many anxieties she needed an escape hatch when the reality is it was an add-on for renters and an office. And now we have this thing, which is actually very significant because when, when we were listening to the, the investigator talk to her and, and ask her for uh, some answers, it was interesting 
when the investigator asked her whether she'd ever given any tips or advice to someone who was planning on taking a polygraph. Because clearly that question, and, and I guess Christine Ford wasn't, uh, I guess, aware of what a setup that was. But clearly when you ask a question like that, there is an assumption that they already know what the answer is. Because you rarely ask somebody who took a polygraph uh, and and you rarely ask them whether they were able – they've ever given any tips or advice to someone who was planning on taking a polygraph. Where would that come from? I remember hearing that and saying, huh, I wonder where that came from, why she would ask that. Like are polygraphs in her uh, – uh, in her – past or whatever and uh linda's pointing out yeah i thought it was i thought it was odd too so when asked under oath whether she'd ever given any tips or advice to someone who was planning on taking a polygraph dr ford said never and yet her boyfriend and and, and the reason why she would have actually you know her boyfriend is saying that uh he personally witnessed her coaching a friend on polygraph examinations and now keep in mind, there's a reason why she would, uh, she would do that because she's, she, her profession is psychology. And so I'm sure that she might be a, a good resource for someone who is essentially uh, wanting to be a, you know, because a, a polygraph test is very stressful and, and is something that, you know, is is very you know sometimes people can trick it or do whatever and and so i i don't know but someone was someone was basically asking her for advice on that and that would mean that she lied under oath And, and 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 her longtime boyfriend has written a sworn statement that says that she was coaching people. So that would mean that that was a, that that was basically a lie. We also saw, by the way, now the, the judiciary committee members are now having to be escorted through the, uh, through the proceedings now because they're by, by armed guards now because everybody's yelling at them and, Lindsey Graham has been surrounded by guards. Because after all, left-wingers, guns do work. But yeah, this is sound from the hallway of, of people surrounding everybody. Because they're trying, to, they're trying to force an outcome here that is based on total and complete fabrications. I don't know whether, and this is a little weird because I don't, I don't want to get, uh, get into this uh, too much, but I will tell you that the, the, the gang rape thing has kind of broken into a, uh, a situation where apparently there are people who know this woman who made the claim, including one of her ex-boyfriends, that that's what she liked to do. So that was her thing, was 
the group thing. I don't want to get too into it because I think there are people taking the kids to the house uh, to the to the school. But I do want to let you know that uh, that 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 is completely falling apart too on a number of different levels. So coming up, we have uh, Kevin Jackson who is uh, dropping the bomb in an interview with Joe Piscopo, which is fascinating, by the way. And also, by the way, he is uh, talking about Jesse Waters and, and, and Ed Henry on the show. So kind of a little bit of an interesting development there. Then did you see Alex Trebek? Alex Trebek is, uh, is, is in getting booed when he's moderating this debate. And so Alex Trebek, who normally is like, you know, he's kind of he's a conservative guy. I don't know whether you guys know that or not, but he's a conservative guy. And he gets hazed for uh, for, I guess, just, you know, being Alex Trebek. I mean, if you're going to hire a game show host to do your uh, moderating, you're going to have somebody who's going to kind of take over the show a little bit. But apparently people didn't like that. And then what? is going on with Megyn Kelly, people. Have you seen her on TV? Wow. Megyn Kelly is... I'm starting to like her. More. Better. Newly. She's got... She's rocking it on NBC and... I'm really amazed. Maybe that's her new thing now. She's back to being Megan Kelly instead of a instead of being a remnant of herself. I don't know what's what's gotten into her, but she's performing very well. She's going into the left wing nutbag groups and telling the truth and she also she got she got into with Tom Arnold even Tom Arnold's claiming that he has all these tapes of Trump and everything else and she's like dude you, if you have them where are they Tom Arnold you know I figured if Tom Arnold if, if anything he could always rely on his good looks right not yeah, we don't know, Richard, who exactly Megyn Kelly is. But this version of her, I, I I appreciate. We are live here from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. And I appreciate all my wonderful advertisers. I just added a new one. Ricky Hall with Nutrition HQ. NHQ.rocks. I encourage you to go in and thank him for his support here. It's right there at McKnight and Manchester. It's in Rock Hill. It's worth your trip. I mean, you, usually you go in there and you can stock up on great things. They have now this whey protein that has bits of Snickers in it, and it's perfectly okay. It's not a bunch. It's not like having a milkshake. It's just there for the carb, uh, the uh, carbs that you need. Steam Fitter Chris is going to be hick- hooking me up with uh, the Neuter Corporation. Boy, those guys are legends in this town, in this area. Thank you, Chris. I'd love to have them involved. That's Steam Fitter Chris, who's a good friend of mine. He and I are going to go fishing. And I got a present for you, too, Chris, by the way, that I picked up at, a, at, a, at an antique shop. 
a while back. Got it for you. Anyway, so Ricky Hall, he's got I, – I just went in there, and by the way, he uh, he has this pre-workout now that it's a direct response to – to Colin Kaepernick and and it's a pre-workout and it's Uncle Sam and he's got his you know arm up there was showing his muscle and everything else and 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 it's uh it's got Uncle Sam it's red white and blue and and it's called stand the f up <laughs> so that's a great one that gives you an idea of who Ricky Hall is by the way and I get my uh fat burners from him my winoline which I love and my other supplements my my vitamins and he's got he's got all kinds of supplements geared towards you if you're a male or if you're a female. He can get you get you down ten pounds if you need it right away, or put you on a program that helps you in a variety of ways where you can uh, get your health back in order. He's got protein pizzas. He's got all kinds of great energy drinks and those kinds of things. It's Nutrition HQ, NHQ rocks. Thank you, Ricky Hall, for your support of Radio Free Almond and for joining the list of uh, fantastic supporters of the Radio Free Almond product. Thank you also, by the way, to Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com for all of your window treatment needs. Michael's got his mobile design unit. He's coming your way. Seven days a week. Greatest products you're going to find. He's your interior designer. He's your installer. He's got a great eye. And most people who do window treatments just want, to, want advice. Unfortunately, you're not going to get advice running through the hallways of Home Depot. You're going to, you're going to be able – you're not going to ask you – know, although I, I really – I do think that people who work at Home Depot are very nice people usually. I've never had a problem with them. What I'm saying is you, 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 they're not going to – what do you think – what are you going to do? Go to, go to Home Depot – Pick out like a little thing that looks good on a, a curtains or side panels or whatever or, or blinds and go, hey, do you think this will look good in my house? And it's like the guy's like, uh, I'm not in your house. Well, you know what? That's true. So guess who would be in your house? Michael Proctor will. And, 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 and you'll say, well, would this look good in my house? He'll go, yeah, it'll put it right up to your wall and show you how good it'll look. That's uh, Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com, my friends, my people, my lovely, lovely people. So anyway, to Megan Kelly, so I, I guess I, I have to admit, I really do like, you know, a lot of you are like, well, which, what, what, who is Megan Kelly? And I have to admit, I, I kind of like this version of, of Megan Kelly. I, I didn't like the, you know, shave my head, put my Queen Elizabeth uh, short hair on and and act like I'm a victim of Donald Trump. I didn't like that version of her. And, and I didn't like the other version of her. And by the way, Megyn Kelly doesn't care what I like or dislike about her. I know that. So nobody needs to, you know, remind me of that part of it. So thank you, Bush. Appreciate your uh, input into the Radio Free Omen show, and thank you, Facebook. You have been uh, tricked. Thank you. Got the music out of the way and didn't get pulled off, so boom, boom, bada, bing. So anyway, I didn't like the version of Megyn Kelly that came on with, uh, yeah, I know, she kind of is, but you know what? I'll take, the, if this is fake, I'll take it. 
because you know I, I'll just because because I'd rather her be uh, a servant to the truth, even if she is fake. Tell you the truth. Uh, and and by the way, uh, Julie Swetnick, this gang rape woman, even did an interview with NBC and backtracked on her on her story. So I'll get to that in just a little bit, and Kevin Jackson as well. But anyway, Megyn Kelly has been appearing on NBC and MSNBC on these uh, shows as an analyst, and. I'm, gl- I'm glad they're utilizing her because we're kind of back to a little bit of the Fox News, Megyn Kelly. Uh, and I guess it, it, and NBC is, is right to do this because, first of all, their ratings are horrible. And the, uh, the MSNBC ratings, some of them are terrible. Although, uh, what's her face? Rachel is doing great over there. But uh, Megyn has come on and, and has been somewhat reasonable about this whole Kavanaugh case. And she's kind of like as a legal analyst, she's kind of like, uh, I guess they're judge Napolitano, if you will, because she does have a law degree or a legal background at least. And so she's being utilized and she's, and, and with the exception of the time that uh, Kavanaugh got in on one of the senators about, blacking out it goes i don't know if you blacked out it's like yeah she didn't like that but but more than anything she's actually been a a servant of the truth and so yeah i didn't like her when she was you know cut off her hair and became the you know feminazi anti-trumper at fox news and then she went to uh to nbc and had the show and she wanted to become pippi longstocking all of a sudden and do celebrity interviews and talk to jane fonda and do all this kind of stuff that wasn't a comfortable look for her uh but now she's back to kind of being an analyst and almost doing some hard news stuff uh and and so she kind of got into it with dan goldman who's an msnbc uh legal analyst over this fbi investigation uh and 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 so uh, Megan is kind of, I think, speaking the truth here. Listen Ducked, to this. And you can't button that up in five days. So where do we stand? I, mean, I think anyone that heard that decision that there was going to be an FBI investigation and said, phew, so glad it's over now. We'll get to the bottom of this now. That was never going to be the case. You knew you were going to have this wrangling back and forth. But I think that, you know, claims that it is limited, I, I don't quite understand them. If there was a list of four, why are we also talking about Chad Lovington being uh, interviewed by the FBI? It clearly seems that at least within that group of four, the FBI has the ability to go and talk to other people that might be relevant. This is this is another analyst there. She's in between Dan Golan and Megan. This is the guy way. who says that he was a bigger drinker than than the he claimed. The college roommate, right. where the judge has said that there were problems in terms of the relationships amongst the roommates. But I I also want it to be clear that with the FBI investigation, this isn't CSI or Law and Order. They're not going to be going looking for forensic evidence. They're talking to people. They're interviewing them then they deliver that information to the senate to bring us back to where we are which that, well maybe not though because we're kind of hoping and we'll get to megan and dan they get into it here but i wanted to you hear what these people were saying because they sound relatively reasonable i mean i mean crazy reasonable to be on the today show this is megan kelly today her show uh, megan kelly today that's her, her, her little program I, and and here's the thing wouldn't it be interesting because if the FBI came back with perjury evidence against Dr. Ford, 
Because if they go back and interview her again, right? And she tells the same story she told to the Senate Judiciary Committee, then she'd be lying to the FBI, right? If she told the FBI that she was claustrophobic and therefore had a fear of flying, and that's why she didn't come initially to do the interview, and then it turns out that she, well, I guess technically she could say she still has a fear of flying, but she flew everywhere, including to Tahiti. Or if she said she put the door in because she was afraid and because she was sexually attacked, and then the FBI is like, well, what about the fact that this woman is saying that you uh, – this was for renters and for a separate office. I mean, it's fraught with trouble. Then, of course, her claim, which would, which actually, there. This might be the most serious one of all. When she was asked whether she'd ever coached anybody at a polygraph test, she said never to the Judiciary Committee. If she says never to the FBI, they have a sworn statement from her old boyfriend saying she did actually do that. So wouldn't it be interesting if they came back and go, well, we don't have any dirt on uh, Kavanaugh, but we have uh, evidence of perjury on the part of Ford. And by the way, Vicky's pointing out that Ford said she went, why wasn't, why wasn't Ford interviewed by the FBI if she hasn't been? I, I, my assumption is she will be. And if she's not, then what is going on here? And, Senate, be the only advice thing and consent. That shouldn't be the only thing that there is, because they should look into Mark Judge's Safeway records, where Dr. Ford says that she saw him when he worked at a Safeway. Mark Judge's Safeway records. You think there are? Do uh, you think there are Safeway records? Go to the, let's go to the let's go to the Safeway archives, shall we? And 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 dig up Mark Judge's Safeway records. They should look into the ha- I worked at Schnooks when I was a kid. I doubt that there are Schnooks records of Jamie Allman. Maybe at the Schnooks record warehouse there are, but I don't think there are. There might be. But if I went to Schnooks Corporation now, called them and said, hey, do you have my uh, pay stub from 1976 or whatever it was? They'd be like, um, What? Try to figure out what, where this house was, what it was. See if they, if it hasn't been renovated, if they can match it up to Doctor Ford's description. Oh my God. Well, but but, but Doctor Ford doesn't have it. She, she has a mild. She doesn't know where anything is. Why? Why is the? Why is it the FBI's job to try to try to fill out the missing links in Christine Ford's story? This Dan Goldman guy is out of his mind. Yeah, maybe if the FBI, if the FBI would go around and start to uh, help her, <laughs> it's like no. Uh, you know, listen. Okay, here's the deal. This is why this is so screwed up. You've got the you've got this court case here, right? And and and, and you've this allegation against Brett Kavanaugh seeking the office, uh, Supreme Court justice, highest court office in the land. And you're not abiding by any semblance of any court proceeding. So it's Brett Kavanaugh's duty to prove he's innocent, which has never been a prospect here. You, if you're a prosecutor and you make charges, you have to prove their guilt. You're innocent before proven guilty. That's what this is all about. So 
how is it possible that Christine Ford can go out there and not have any information at, at all and, and apparently isn't expected to by Dan Goldman he's expected uh, he's expecting the FBI to go and try to find out and 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 do the her work now see she has an attorney right this left wing vagina hat wearing never trump resistor she has an attorney who presumably she's paying why wouldn't that attorney be the one to go to the Safeway Record Archives. And why wouldn't the attorney be the one to find out where the house is, exactly what the house is, or what have you? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't the, that be the attorney's job? Dan Goldman is insinuating somehow that's the FBI's job. To be her, what, her, her attorney, her prosecution assistant? And the other question I have is, all right, so... When this happens, why wouldn't you, if you're going to make a statement like this, alleging that you have been, that, that, a, that a Supreme Court nominee attempted to rape you, why wouldn't you, and you had, what, uh, was it already six weeks since she actually made the allegation? Why wouldn't you come to the table with, with, with any kind of, uh, of evidence. They had six weeks. Maybe her and Amy points out is pro bono. Whatever, you know. Uh, they had six weeks. Why wouldn't her left-wing attorney go to, to Safeway and try to secure the Mark Judge records? You know, why wouldn't her, her, her attorney come up with any evidence at all? I mean, it, Trump, who's being ridden like a rented mule by the media for so-called mocking Christine Ford, uh, I'll play it for a little bit because I played it earlier, but uh, says there's, she has no no information, no evidence. I don't know where's the house. I don't know. Do you have any any idea where the house? No, I don't. Do you remember it? No, I don't. I do know I just had one beer. Oh wow, that's precise. How'd you remember you only had one beer, but you can't remember crap else? How does that happen? Anyway. Megan's about to dismantle this Goldman. And, but these are the ways that seriously. an FBI investigation she would ordinarily which work. I mean, yes, she she doesn't know where going. it happened. That's the problem. Is the FBI is going to figure out the story she is unable to tell? Yes. No, I mean, that's a great point that Megan makes. So the FBI is supposed to develop her story for her? And Megan's like, what, what the hell? Now, See that I like that. That's that's the Megan Kelly I like. That's the Megan Kelly I'm used to before she became like a never Trumper, you know, type. Not his job. Let me. That's not his job. When, yes, it is. No, it's it's not. It's not the job of the FBI. Thank you, Megan. Very much. When a victim comes forward, the victim is not responsible to provide the corroboration. Well, it would be great. If someone- um, yes, they are. I mean, when you're making a charge like that, now, again, let's put it this way. Uh, Goldman is partially correct in the sense that if you claim somebody robbed you, it's not your job to go and compile the evidence. Like you you shouldn't be expected to – or let's say you've been burglarized, right? You should. You're, it's not your job necessarily as a victim to go and fingerprint the doorknob. 
I, mean, I, I, I get that. I mean, I, I understand that. Uh, but 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 if if you're if you've been burglarized, uh, at the very least, what you would be asked by the police is what was stolen. And you'd say, well, I lost the stereo here, and I lost this thing here, and and then of course, you, ultimately, what happens is, and this is why these investigations are built up. They go, well, do you have any evidence that that was stolen? I mean, you can say it's stolen. But do you have a receipt from the thing, or do you have a picture of it? Or remember, we had the uh, remember the Operation Ident. Whatever happened to that thing? Where where you'd have these? Um, that was weird. That where was the what was it? Led our homes, the Operation Ident, and you'd have these like little. Um, you know, it'd be what are, what are those things called where you had the the strips of tape, right? And 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 it would be like an embossing. What are those called? Do they even have those anymore? I don't know. So, like the strips of of embossed like plastic tape. Matt, do you know anything about? Do you remember any of that? Or are you still are you still too 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 much of a baby? Morgan, are you a baby? Do you remember any of that stuff? No, Morgan's like, no, I have no idea. So, um, but it's, it'd be like this little, uh, like a, like almost like a, a glue gun, a little printer gun. And you'd put a strip of, of this tape in there and you'd, you'd, you eventually make the words, you know, or initials or something. It'd be like words up there back in the old days, they'd have that, but it was operation ident. And so you take, uh, you you put your name or something on the back of it, and and or and glue it on or and tape it on it. Dino labeling, dimo labeling. Okay, Debbie, thank you, dear. I didn't even know what it was called then. I just knew it was labeling, whatever. Um, so yeah, it was uh, dino, dino, dino label. Everybody now knows. But yeah, that was it. It was an Operation Ident. But anyway, I'm I'm getting off track here. But so. Generally, when, when you're burglarized, the police come, and, and, and generally the police aren't going to say, did you take fingerprints? Like that would be something they would do, but they would still ask you like, okay, so what did they steal? And then you'd say they stole my stereo, uh, they stole my cell phone, and uh, they stole, you know, um, I don't know, whatever, my gun or whatever. And then, and then eventually you, you'd be asked in all likelihood – to kind of prove they actually own the stuff. That's kind of what you would have to do. You'd have to provide evidence like, okay, so uh, do you have a receipt for the phone or proof you bought the phone and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, here it is. What about the stereo, blah, blah, blah. And Operation Ident was one of those things that we'd all kind of be, you know, we'd have to kind of come and, and we'd have to have that and that would be our, we'd, I'd make a list of things or whatever. I don't know, but people don't do that anymore. So, so similarly with a charge that Christine Ford makes, uh, she, the police would expect, or 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 the FBI would expect some degree of evidence, some some deg- like like some something. Like do you, like do you have like like normally you can't just like if you called somebody the police right now and accuse somebody of rape, you'd have to provide some degree of evidence. You'd have to provide uh, a, a location. You have to provide a description. You'd have to. You'd have to provide something. You can't just simply accuse some. I guess you can in this day and age. You can just go and say, "He he raped me." Uh oh. 
handcuff him. They wouldn't do that. You have to provide some degree of evidence. So this Dan Goldman guy is is partially right in that in that in that law enforcement agencies do a, a, a level of investigation. Uh, but but there's a level of, of of input that has to come from the alleged victim. That's not too much to ask. And so the, uh, the, the like a like a like a uh, a police force wouldn't suddenly say. I mean, they might say, "Drive us around. We'll drive you around and see if you can find the location of where this happened." I mean, and, and the FBI might do that with a Christine Ford, but they're not expected to go. And do and 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 find the records. Her attorney is she's she's basically uh, a, a, a accusing this person. Her attorney basically is a prosecutor. Anyway, Megan Kelly goes on and 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 she rips this guy to shreds. The story she is unable to tell. Yes. No, that that's happens. not his job. Let me explain that's not how this his job. Works. Yes, it is. No, in it fact, isn't. It's very much when a victim comes forward, the victim is not responsible to provide the corroboration. Well, it would be As great if she could at least give it. a year and a month and a general location. Because I mean, what is Megan saying that isn't correct here? And in fact, she's saying exactly what President Trump said in his rally yesterday. But President Trump is mocking her. And Megan Kelly, I guess, isn't being described that way. But nonetheless, she's she's. Exactly right. She's eaten this Goldman dude alive. I think she's narrowed it down to the summer of '82, and okay. I would start with that July first calendar. But if you entry. look, if you look at Rachel Mitchell, who was the prosecutor that the Republicans asked to do some of the questioning, she submitted a memo saying, first of all, not only would I never bring this case as a prosecutor, it doesn't even come close to satisfying beyond a reasonable doubt. It doesn't even satisfy by the preponderance of the evidence standard, which means 51 percent more likely than 49 percent less likely. Which, which is the lowest bar in, in, in any case. She said it doesn't even satisfy that. And she talked about Dr. Ford's inconsistent account saying, first she said it happened in the mid 1980s. Then she said it happened in the early 1980s. Then she said it happened in the early 1980s, but she crossed out the world, the word early. Then she said summer of 1982. Then she said it happened. So that's why Dan Goldman is full of crap when he says, well, she's narrowed it down to the summer of 1982. It's like this, this uh, investigator saying, no, she hasn't. She didn't narrow this down to the summer of 82. She had three different time frames where she thinks this might have happened, or at least three different time frames where she talked about it happening. Thank you, Megan. In her late teens. Then she said she was 15. Then she failed to explain how she was suddenly able to narrow the time frame. That's just one paragraph of her memo summarizing why she finds Dr. Ford's testimony full of inconsistencies. And now we want the Which, FBI to spend this week going back well, and the scouring the Maryland neighborhood and looking at people's homes and figuring out who renovated and when, what it used to look like, what it looked like. Megan, They're not exactly. trying to solve this case, Dan. They're not, not trying to solve it because shouldn't, it's not a criminal investigation. Shouldn't we no. want to figure out whether or not this thing actually happened? Every and witness, if you're right, and if nobody else can come out with that, that, which house it was, and if Mark Judge didn't work at the Safeway in that summer, then that undermines her claims. If, but if why wouldn't we want to know that? He certainly wouldn't hang, uh, you know, a conviction or a guilty on the judge over when Mark Judge worked at a Safeway. I mean, these people are this is an outbreak of reasonability. On NBC. We we, we have I mean, I'm because because basically, let me tell you something. Uh, I didn't review every element of this piece of tape here. 
And it's like when he mentioned the Safeway thing, the first thing out of my mind in my mouth was, well, even if they did prove he worked at the Safeway, it doesn't prove that he raped her. And then suddenly Undermines this woman claims. says the same thing. We want to know that. He certainly wouldn't hang, uh, you know, a conviction or a guilty on the judge over when Mark Judge worked at a Safeway. Right. Even the if they did see each other. I mean, she's she's in. This woman is uh, works for PBS. Allegation is sexual assault, and even the witnesses that the professor has named of being there say they either have no recollection or the party didn't happen. That's what that what this woman is from on PBS. And and and, and Megan Kelly's on NBC. I'm it it is uh I'm sure that this is driving most of the liberal media nuts because this is an absolute just uh total outbreak of reasonability and common sense. Her friend who said, I don't know Judge Kavanaugh. I've never been at a party with him. Ever. You would never remember it but for the traumatic so evidence. So, all of the evidence that helps him, you discredit? No, there's plenty of evidence. I, I think he should. The biggest problem I have with this testimony is that he did not just say, I welcome an FBI investigation. And he intentionally because didn't say that. Because he doesn't trust the Democrats on the committee to interpret that's, anything. What do you mean? The in Democrats are in control. And let me tell you no, why but, that's but important, he, though. But the Democrats are the ones saying, don't you demand an FBI investigation? And his response is basically, I don't believe you're an open-minded trier of facts. So do I want another five, seven, ten days of you trying to beat me up and find things at the last Maybe, minute? Maybe, but I- after, after six times where the FBI's already done this, this is, this is the Megyn Kelly I like. And I realize she's uh, – uh, she, and not because she's serving my interests. She's serving the interests of the truth here. I like Megyn Kelly. My best friend is Megyn Kelly. I've always liked, no, I haven't. But, but still, it's, it's amazing how things have turned, people. You've got the woman from PBS who is stating on NBC, I'm like, thank you. The woman from PBS stating on NBC that, that there are everybody she lists as being at this event says they, had, they know nothing about it. And that's, that's coming from the woman at PBS. And then Megyn Kelly is on there uh, and, 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 and defending Kavanaugh. I mean, I, 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 what are we watching here? It's, like, it's amazing. I love it. I mean, I, I just, this whole exchange is outstanding. And so there's Megyn Kelly on her show defending Kavanaugh. The woman from PBS on Megyn Kelly's show saying, hey, uh, th- there's no corroboration for the story. And Megyn Kelly telling Dan Goldman, the FBI, it's not their responsibility to drive Dr. Ford around town and find out where she was uh, attacked by the, the Supreme Court nominee. Or, or is it your job to go to the, the Safeway archive facility tucked away in a mountainside someplace to find the Safeway records of Mark Judge? I mean, and Dan Goldman, by the way, points out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of replay a little bit of this because Dan Goldman points out, he's going, yeah, but if they find out that he worked at, at the Safeway the time she says she was there, then boom. It's like, no, that's not really the case here. One more time, you can hear the wonder. Renovated and when here. in her late teens. Then she said she was 15. Then she failed to explain how she was suddenly able to narrow the time frame. That's just one paragraph of her memo summarizing why she finds Dr. Ford's testimony 
full of inconsistencies. And now we want the Which, FBI to spend this week going back well, and the scouring the Maryland neighborhood and looking at people's homes and figuring out who renovated and when, How what it used to look like, what solved, it looked like. Megan, they're that's not exactly trying to solve this case, Dan. They're not, not trying to solve it because shouldn't, it's not a criminal investigation. It, shouldn't we no. want to figure out whether or not this thing actually happened? Every and witness, if you're right, and if nobody else can come out with that, that, which house it was, and if Mark Judge didn't work at the Safeway in that summer, then that undermines her claims. If, but if why wouldn't to, we but, want but, to know but, that? If you certainly wouldn't hang, uh, you know, a conviction or a guilty on the judge over when Mark Judge worked at a Safeway. Right, the, allegation, the allegation is sexual assault. And even the witnesses that the professor has named of being there say they either have no recollection or the party didn't happen, including her friend who said, I don't know Judge Kavanaugh. I've, I've never been at a thing. party right. with him, one other ever. Thing. You would never remember it but for the traumatic That's experience. So all, of the, evi- so all yeah. of the evidence that helps him, you discredit. No, there's plenty of evidence. I, I think he should. The biggest problem I have with this testimony is that he did not just say, I welcome an FBI investigation, and he intentionally because didn't say that. Because he doesn't trust the Democrats on the committee to interpret that's, anything What do you mean? The Democrats are in control. And let me tell you no, why no, that's important, he, though. But the Democrats are the ones saying, don't you demand an FBI investigation? And his response is basically, I don't believe you're an open-minded trier of facts. So- this is on NBC News. Now you know why the poll that came out that I told you about yesterday, now you know why 60% of Americans polled, and it was a sample, a scientific sample put forth by Harvard and Harris, 60% of the people polled said that they want Kavanaugh confirmed. 60%. And and I, I don't know whether there's ever been a time since President Trump was even elected that we have seen a number 60% anywhere. Have you? I mean, every time there's some kind of poll about President Trump or a poll about this or a poll about that, uh, the, 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 it's always, you know, like kind of like uh, 51 or 49 or blah, blah, blah. But, but have we ever seen a huge number like 60, 60%? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And at one point there were uh, and, and there were seventy five percent of the people who believed actually he would be confirmed, even though they even if even the people who didn't want him confirmed uh, believe he will be. So I mean it, it's pretty amazing, and this kind of stuff helps. And again, Megan Kelly and this woman from PBS are not out there trying to help Donald Trump. You got to know you got to know that They're, that's not Megan Kelly isn't helping, isn't wanting to help Donald Trump. But at some point, even if you're not a Trump fan, or even if you are, uh, you know, an, even a, a never Trump or whatever, at some point, you have to actually let common sense take over. At some point, you have to let a certain level of your humanity take over here. And, and, and if you do, you realize that this is a crock of crap, this whole thing. Now, it's taken a while for people to come to that conclusion. And Lynette points out, consider who's doing the poll. The number could be considerably higher. You're right, Lynette. It could be, it could be higher. I mean, it's Harvard and Harris. I mean, these are, uh, these are not, they're, they're, this is not a conservative 
uh, polling organizations, Harvard, for crying out loud, the same place where the graduates wrote letters uh, to rescind Kavanaugh's uh, lecture position, which he gave up. But so at some point, though, even if you're like that, you, you, you see what's going on here and, and, and you, you, you see that this woman is a liar, Dr. Ford is. And I mean, I, the minute she opened her mouth last Friday, it was fake to me, but it took a while for people to kind of come around. And then, of course, there was always those people going, yeah, she was credible, but so was he. And it's like, OK, whatever. Uh, and then suddenly now see what it's turned into. So what the Democrats did, they, they knew that she had so many holes and anybody who watched that testimony had to know it. So you notice that what they did was then, uh, was then they, they switched the game on Kavanaugh, who wasn't going to play the game. They switched the game on her. Remember when Durbin was like, well, then um, let's see. Oh, why don't you call? Why don't you turn to? Uh, the the attorney right behind you turned to him and demanded an FBI investigation. And Kevin was going. First of all, I'm not your friggin' stooge here. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. I'm not your puppet here. And I'm. Not, I'm. I'm not going to be part of your little one act play here, Turban Durbin. I'm not going to do that. So, but but that's what they turned into. Then you know you know what they've turned into now though, right? Oh. Well, these charges might be false, but boy, his temperament mm, really can't tolerate that. He can't be on the he can't be on the on the Supreme Court with that kind of temperament. I'm thinking, uh, you mean the temperament that a human being has when they're accused of attempting to rape somebody falsely? <laughs> you mean that kind of temperament? You mean that you mean the temperament somebody has when they're accused of uh, of lording over a gang rape ring in college? You mean you mean the temperament of of a person who's responding to that monstrous falsity? That kind of temperament you mean, or the, or the temperament of somebody who essentially has been uh, raked over the coals solely for political reasons? with false accusations that could destroy his life and already has had an enormous impact on his family and his children to the point where, where, where it's even... Can you imagine uh, this with your daughters, if you have them, or if your son, for that matter? I don't know why it's only daughters, but he only has daughters. But imagine that there's some thing, seed in their mind that is uh, that somebody called daddy a rapist. I mean, come on. I mean, there, there are people who live their entire lives, you know, who, who never have that happen to them, and, it's, and it can be hugely destructive. Even if it's false, it still is there. I mean, you're 10 years old, for crying out loud, or 13 or whatever it is, and, and, and that's out there. It's like, wow, that's destructive. And, and so now they're going, yeah, but, you know, uh, he shouldn't have uh, Jeff Flake. Boy, have I had enough of his ass. Jeff Flake, well, you know, uh, he uh, shouldn't have talked that way to the senators. It's like, dude, I'm, if I'm Brett, Ka I'm surprised Brett Kavanaugh didn't pull a gun. I'm glad he didn't, but I'm surprised he didn't. I'm just saying that's how mad the guy was. And you know what? Rightly so.
But now it's now it's all about temperament now. Yeah, but you know, after being accused of rape falsely, he still shouldn't have been yelling like that. It's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. But that's what we're that's what we're seeing now. We're we're seeing that's how the tide is turning now. It's now turning to temperament. And now even people like Jeff Flake are getting involved in the damn thing about temperament. You know, I don't know. Sitting on the Supreme Court and being like that is a little rough, you know. It's like, oh come on. You accuse the guy of, of attempting to rape somebody, and you did it based on some woman who, who the minute she opened her mouth, you could tell she was a flip nut. I mean, come on. This whole thing with her, the hair in front of her eyes and her glasses and her weird voice, and it's just like, who possibly could believe a word coming out of her mouth? And then the answers to the questions were just like, wow, um, you're lying, you know, and, and and what's funny is what the funniest part of that whole flying thing. And we got into it anyway, we, a while back, but uh, we, we got into it. And, and, and this whole thing is like, um, so you're afraid to fly. Yeah. Because I was attempted raped by uh, Brett Kavanaugh. So you didn't uh, fly here. No, I was just, it's it just, it's so hard on me. Uh, but you uh, did fly to, well, uh, uh, but you did eventually fly here. Yes, I got the gumption to come here. Lick, lick, lick on my lollipop. I got the gumption to come here, and uh, my friends at the beach gave me the bravery to hop on. Oh, okay. Uh, did you? What about the trip you took to Tahiti? Oh, that one. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. It's for pleasure. I like to fly. To I get that's the only way to get there. I was like, oh, okay, gotcha. It's like, does anybody believe this woman? Where, where was uh, where did this happen? I don't know. Yeah, and the only thing she knows for sure is she had one beer. That 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 BS meter pins the minute you hear that too. Anyway, back to Megan Kelly. So that wasn't that wasn't all that Megan Kelly did. She was he he was she was on uh, with Tom Arnold. So Tom Arnold's on her show, and Tom Arnold, by the way, is uh, is an, ins- an insufferable character. By the way. But he's really good looking, so that that saves him. Uh, and he's on with Megan, and he's talking about his show called "The Hunt for Trump Tapes." And and and, and he gets in, and then they get into it about this altercation that he had with the guy who was the Apprentice producer. I don't know whether you heard about this altercation. But he's uh, Tom Arnold has a show called The Hunt for the Trump Tapes, and of course, uh, b- let me let me tell you something about uh, the so-called Trump tapes. If Donald Trump were on a tape using the N word, there would be no hunt. It would be uh, out now. Nobody, nobody has still asked Amorosa, by the way, honey, where is that N-word tape again that you keep claiming you have? Because uh, where is that tape? Because you say you have it. And, I mean, I'm shocked you haven't produced the thing. Boy, you, that, would be like, that would be like the holy grail of, of anti-Trumpism is to, have a, is, is, is to have a tape with a dude saying the N-word on it. You know, you don't think, well, I don't know. We have the tape, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to spend another year looking for the tape for a show called The Hunt for the Trump Tape. It's like, oh, shush. You have no tapes. There are no tapes out there. Where, when are you going to bring the tapes on? 
by the way. November 5th? Sure. Right. Gotcha. So anyway, Arnold's on with her, and this is about him and this altercation. And Megyn Kelly's up his rear, too, which I liked. Got and it. a famous person. And for a second, do I get to give a moment there? My little girl, that woman was touched by an angel on TV. <laughs> He's talking about the woman he's literally assaulted. She touched by Tom Arnold. And, uh, it's, you know, the, she touched by the devil right there. That's what happened. This is the Tom Arnold, by the way, who is more than happy to, to make false accusations and believe in them regarding Brett Kavanaugh, but says, Megyn Kelly, how dare you believe the accusations uh, against uh, – how dare you – say the accusations against me are true. And he's like, well, wait a minute, though. We just got through watching a guy accused of rape with zero evidence, and there's a hell of a lot more evidence against you than there is about a Kavanaugh. Listen, it's all fun and games, but if... But no, it's let's, not fun and no, games. No, but let's be honest. If 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 you did assault her as no, she no, claims, no, no, it's no laughing matter, no, no, right? No, if she said I assaulted her, it's uh, no damn laughing matter, uh, Megan. I get, right, I get right? to deny it. I just want no, to no, 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 no. I'm not denying it. I'm saying there's no laughing matter for her to do that. And it didn't happen, right? Am I right? Because you keep are defending Kavanaugh, those guys. Maybe you defend me for one second here. No, I won't. Oh. I, and, I, and I am not defending Kavanaugh. I am asking for a fair no. hearing. Hold on. No, 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 no. People are looking to condemn Kavanaugh without even hearing the evidence. What? No, 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 no. I will set the record straight. It's my show. Uh, what I want is a fair I like Megyn Kelly again. Until I, until I don't. But for now, I'm going to like making Kelly. And for his accuser. No, That's what's you. fair. Oh, you're right. You absolutely been fair, fair. I agree with you a thousand percent. But this woman, let's take the fairness. She tweeted a picture and said I attacked her and her husband of, a, of this bruise, and, and 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 that didn't happen. And and I, I stayed at the party. And, and what and what what do, what do you say now? I'm saying I have no debt. Tom, I wasn't there. I'm giving you the chance but, to respond but, but, to the allegations. But, but, no, no, no. But no, hold no, on a second. It's well, over. I was there and I didn't have to leave the party. Does that make any sense to you? I got it. No. Yeah. So she gets into it with him. And, and, and also he tried to pull the you defend Kavanaugh thing on Megyn Kelly. And that's the that's the beautiful thing about all this is that Megyn Kelly isn't defending Kavanaugh. She's asking for just a modicum of evidence, just a little bit like do you have anything at all i mean it's even prompted the pbs person to uh to say uh you know hey um this thing the story isn't adding up that's from pbs people i mean it's it's kind of a it's become a pretty crazy world but boy is this uh is this winding up to be uh, uh the 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 uh the battle of Little bighorn for the for the Democrats. My goodness gracious! You, you talk about uh, you know that, that bighorn thing. Uh, if you if you get into it, I remember uh, reading a lot about that. And uh, and the battle of bighorn is uh, General Custer, and and he kind of went out there, and you know General Custer had a great deal of uh, swagger, you know, and. He thought he had these uh, Native Americans, these Indians, dead to rights. And he goes out there, and suddenly he's surrounded. And, of course, we all know what happened with Custer's last stand. And so he, they, they killed them all, basically. 
And similarly, I believe that this is what's happened with the Democrats is they wandered into something and now suddenly uh, they're surrounded. And they're not only surrounded by us all of a sudden, they're surrounded by people at PBS and NBC. And they're surrounded by polls. So, uh, so you know, now suddenly this is winding up to be a tactical disaster for these people. Now, there's a chance still, see, and this is my big concern, is there's a chance still that Kavanaugh won't be confirmed. I mean, but, but, but listen, if you've got NBC and PBS, Megyn Kelly and the PBS lady and a poll, and, and, and a person like Susan Collins or someone like, uh, like uh, Murkowski don't wind up supporting him, uh, how, could you, how could you possibly think that that is a, uh, that that, 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 that is a, a common sense decision to make? I mean, how, how could you possibly imagine that that, that could be uh, uh, something uh, even 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 the most partisan among you? Sorry, even the most partisan among you would have to say, uh, yeah, I think this is wrong. And I think we're going to have to go ahead and and uh, and 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 confirm him. So let's put it this way. So we have Murkowski. We have Collins. We have the possibility that at least uh, two Democrats could wind up ultimately um, two Democrats in the form of uh, Joe Manchin and Heidi Heitkamp, who are in very, very tight races. They're known to be relatively conservative Democrats and could po- quite possibly guarantee their victory with a Kavanaugh yes vote. So you've got that possibility that Manchin and Heidkamp, even if Collins and Murkowski decide not to not – to, and, and again, how could you possibly at this stage, unless something shocking comes out and, – and, and what's shocking that keeps coming out is that, is that Dr. Ford perjured herself in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. But, but at what point are you going to really be able to have a no vote? So, so uh, and then, then you heard from little Bob Corker uh, yesterday. Here's Bob Corker. Is the Senate's going to vote this week? Yeah. Do you see that happening? Are you still I on do. board? Yeah, no, I do see that happening. And uh, we had a long discussion today at lunch, and um, it was obviously a very heartfelt discussion about where things are. But it, it feels to me like, so did, and we're talking at, you know, late in the afternoon on Tuesday, it feels to me like uh, that cloture may be filed tomorrow. So, so, so at this point, Corker is a yes vote for Kavanaugh. Now, here's the situation. So let's just pretend like those votes come in. Jeff Flake, this incurable a-hole, this disgusting, vile, dark soul, self-promoting, never-Trumper is still possibly going to be a no vote because he's already come out and talked about how Kavanaugh's temperament isn't. See, see, he, he keeps moving the ball because, as I told you last week, Jeff Flake has no intention of giving President Trump anything but the middle finger before he leaves. 
because he's such a weak, candy-ass beta male that he can't possibly give President Trump anything but the middle finger as he leaves. So you've got a petty, vile person in the formulation of Senator Jeff Flake, and you can't depend on his vote. So he's the one, but he could be irrelevant if we have the other two Democrats coming in. And he could be irrelevant if we have a tie because there's Vice President Pence, also President of the Senate, uh, casting the deciding vote. Keep in mind, too. And again, you're seeing all the numbers out there. You're seeing the reaction. You're seeing the public tide turn. You're seeing the the people who are uh, the Megyn Kellys of the world, the PBSers of the world. You're seeing uh, all these people who now uh, some people have turned to the temperament argument because it's the only thing they have left. So they're they're going to focus on that. But those are people who don't don't matter really. So ultimately. You have Flake not mattering. Now, here's the other question, and Dan raised this. And and this is an interesting question, Dan, because it's not beyond the realm of comprehension, although Senator McCaskill has already come out, I think, to kind of cover herself, saying that it doesn't, that, that, that it doesn't matter whether or not he – this assault thing, it, that's not the reason I'm voting no against him. I'm voting no against him because of blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And believe me uh, – and Dan, thanks for bringing this up because I think it's a you're, you're, I, I, and Paula, thank you guys. It's a really good point you're making. Uh, there's a possibility that Claire McCaskill could be a yes vote. And if Claire McCaskill is a yes vote on Kavanaugh, it could help her, specifically among independent voters. And I don't think it's going to hurt her. I honestly don't believe there's a Democrat in Missouri, who will not support Claire McCaskill if she's a yes vote. I just, I don't believe it. There might be some left-wing loons out there who might not vote for her, but I think most normal, average, everyday Democrats, there's not a chance they're going to punish her for a yes vote uh, for a guy particularly when you have already evidence that, you know, the likes of Lindsey Graham have voted for Sotomayor and Kagan, uh, who are Democrat nominations. And so I don't know. Um, uh, Kathy says she doesn't care what's right or wrong. No, I don't think she does really either necessarily. But I do have to say that if, if I were calculating this for her, I would say that a – that a that a yes vote uh, would not hurt her among Democrats. I, I, I and, and there are some people who might believe that, uh, you know, uh, that. But but I, I don't think it's going to uh, I don't think it's going to uh, to hurt her among Democrats. And I think it will help her among independents. I think there are still people out there who don't know who the hell Josh Hawley is. And and he's certainly not helping himself in that direction. He's kind of uh, been, I don't know. Have you guys seen him anywhere? I mean, I've seen commercials for him. But, yeah, Emily's like, how sick would it be if she voted yes and got reelected off the back of Kavanaugh? You're so right. It'd be so twisted, but it wouldn't be surprising. 
Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Good morning this morning. Yay, yeah. Live from the Discovery Design Studios. That's right. That's where we are, people. That's where we are. Discovery Design Inc.com. So we also, ladies and gentlemen, want to let you know that my guys over at Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency are waiting for your phone call. Matthew is uh, my guy, my insurance guy. And he's got my home insurance, he's got my car insurance, and now my life insurance. And so I'm off to the races with him. 855-QUOTE-ME is the, is the number for Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. And don't forget my guys over at Golden Oak Lending, goldenoaklending.com. Your home values are increasing thanks to DJT and his great economic policies. So they will go ahead and give you a mortgage checkup at Golden Oak Lending. Goldenoaklending.com, 314-567-GOLD. There's gold in that their house, people. And they'll check it out for you. Give you two months of uh, no mortgage payments. That's awesome. 314-567-GOLD. Thank you, Dr. Deputy, also, for taking good care of everybody, including Michael Proctor and all my team out there. DeputyWellness.com for all of your needs. You know, we talked earlier about the marijuana stuff. I might have to double back on that because... Uh, our friend Angie Moser, who I guess she, you know, she hire her as a producer of the show. JP Soto and Angie Moser, two people who make the show rock. Once we get to Radio Free Elman 2.0, anyway, she's pointing out, did you know there are three different initiatives on the ballot regarding medical marijuana? I'm like, no, I didn't. There are one of them I, I like, which is the first one, the research, American research one, I can, I'll, I'll call it back up for you, but I'm not going to vote for Dr. Bradshaw's marijuana amendment. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And, and then we also have, uh, we also have the situation regarding uh, the third one, which is a Travis Brown. I like the guy. He's a friend of mine, but, uh, this is a statutory change in the law. It's not a constitutional amendment. I don't really, but I'm not really, that That seems like it's got a lot of people who have some financial self-interest in the thing, but I don't know. Give me a cut. I'll, I'll vote for it. Is it legal? No, probably not. So, Richard, you like Bruce Springsteen. Now, this is actually a great album, uh, this, this Human Touch. I don't like Springsteen's politics, but I don't necessarily care about his politics when I listen to his music, because his music's fantastic. You know, uh, Springsteen, one time, this is 92. The dude, by the way, when you see Springsteen in concert, and I'm sure he hates Trump, whatever, I don't But uh, when you see Springsteen in concert, the guy performs... 
Like three hours. I mean, the guy is exhaustive. Works his butt off when he's in concert. I've seen him in concert a couple of times. Missed him the last couple of times he's been in town. But man, does he work hard. And I'll never forget in uh, 1992, he came out with not one album, but two albums at the same time. <laughs> he came out with Human Touch and Lucky Town. Who's ever come out with two albums at the, at, the, at the exact same time? Each of them having some level of uh, distinctive quality to them, too. Like this song. This, this is on. Uh, this is on the uh, Luck Human Touch album. It's called a man's job, people. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Well, you can go out with him. He's awesome. Play with all of his Better not get pulled off here. Ain't for one of the boys, people. Something in your soul, baby, that he's gonna rob. That is gonna rob. Cause baby, loving you, loving you, baby, loving you, baby, loving you, darling, loving you, darling. You know is what? Loving you, woman, is a man's job. It's a man's job, people. That's right. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Put yourself an Apache Blaze pipe. Put tobacco in there or medical marijuana when it comes out. There you go. Good morning this morning. So speaking of um, Fox News and Radio Free Allman 2.0, did you check out... Uh, so Kevin Jackson, who was... Uh, I- I'm going to New York next week. And one of the uh, things that I was going to be doing up there, aside from working on a project, I'm going to uh, New York on Wednesday. I'll be on the show here Wednesday morning, then I leave at noon around then, and then I'll do the Facebook Lives from, uh, from New York on Thursday and Friday. I won't be on the stream then. I haven't figured that out yet, how to travel with the stream. I guess we could figure out a way to put the Facebook Live on a stream, but I don't know how to do that. Maybe somebody does. But I don't know. But either way, I'm going to go up there and do a couple things. First, I'm going to go to Yale University. They have uh, some stuff, research I'm doing on a project I'm working on. And so I'm going to be doing that uh, up there. And that's going to be fun. I'm I'm, I'm actually, I'll tell you what the project is. Eventually, when I get closer to it, but you're gonna you're gonna like it. You're gonna wonder like, why are you doing that? Don't you have enough to do? And I'm like, kind of yeah, but you know, um, what the hell? Why not? Why not make you know more of a uh, a deal out of it? And I will eventually uh, let you know how that project is working, but it's something that's very near and dear to my heart, and I will absolutely have a uh, have that uh, going up there in New York. So I'll do my Facebook Lives from New York Thursday and Friday, uh, and uh, stream will be down, but I'll be up, and I'll be with you from New York Thursday and Friday via Facebook. And then we have the um, Friday, then I'm going to Fox News, 
and I am going to uh, visit with Brian Kilmeade, and I'm going to visit with the judge, Napolitano, check him out, and uh, just pop in that morning, Friday. So I might actually be doing a Facebook Live from Fox News if they let me in. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll see how that goes. And working on a uh, contributor uh, job with them uh, and going to be talking to them about that whole thing. And so uh, that's going to be interesting. But, but what's interesting about it, though, is that suddenly, like, like I'm going up there and the timing isn't that great because Kevin Jackson has... Uh, Kevin Jackson has then been fired by them for this tweet about her, about Dr. Ford, who's a liar, um, and and uh, and and uh, called her a skank or whatever on Twitter, and they didn't like that uh, at Fox News, and you know, it's it's. You know, it's it's kind of it's ridiculous because you know Kevin Jackson, it's it's like what I was doing, you know, with my tweet, which was which was was totally harmless, and I I, I didn't even David Hogg didn't think it was a big deal, and and my, my station certainly didn't think it was a big deal either. They didn't care one whit until Sinclair did something. Anyway, you guys know the story behind that whole thing. So Kevin is then, um, you know, uh, sent to pasture over this thing. And so suddenly then I'm going up there and I'm not going up there because Kevin was fired. I've, I've been planning this trip for a while, but the timing with the Kevin Jackson thing is a little rough because now, um, because I was similarly let go from 97 one because of a tweet. And even though that's, it wasn't because of a tweet, which is why I'm going to be prevailing in court because they know damn well, it wasn't because of a tweet and it wasn't because of a loss of advertisers. It wasn't because of anything they said, which will be easily provable. And uh, it won't take long for us to, to, to work that out. It's just a matter of actually getting to the point where we're, at, we're working it out. So that won't take long. But nonetheless, uh, so, so I'm just hoping that, you know, when I go up there and I talk to the people, they're like, are you from St. Louis? Yeah. Weren't you fired over? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and um, then, then suddenly it's like now there's too much symmetry, even though there's none with it. I didn't, you know, I think like Kevin, I talked to him and, you know, I don't think he should have been fired anyway. But nonetheless, uh, that's my opinion about it. So so Kevin Jackson goes on uh, on Joe Piscopo's show. And Joe Piscopo has a podcast or a radio show or something uh, 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 like that. And he has a... Uh, <laughs> Radio show there. So Kevin Jackson goes on and decides he's going to lay waste on a couple of Fox News people. Let me just see if I think I have it queued up here. Hang on. Get along with you, whatever your political persuasion is, but I'm not going to be, you know, you're not going to tell me what to say. You, you have control of the purse strings. And, and I, as I said to them, you can keep your money. If you think you're going to tell me what to say, keep your freaking money. I don't care. Because the, the important thing is that men are being pilloried. They are being demonized yeah. right now. Yeah. And if we continue to let this go, yeah. how far is it going to go? Yeah. So I, what I say to the entire audience is, is this, and now this is my leave behind. You can be 100% sure that I'm willing to sacrifice a paycheck on principle. There is no doubt about that. 
And, and, and so if you want to know who to support, who to look at the projects that we're doing and what, you know, why did I make my film Bleeding Blue? Because it's going to endear me with the brothers? Yeah. No, I made it because yeah. it was going to help bridge the gap between police officers and black folks and hopefully get fewer people killed on both sides of it. Now, if you don't like that, go straight to AT Double Cricket Sox because I don't yeah. give a crap. Yeah. You know, I get people writing me, oh, you pro cop, you know, be this and all, and, and step and fetch an Uncle Tom. Call yeah. me whatever you want. Yeah. I'm going to do what I do. Fox isn't going to tell me what to do. Fox doesn't rule my life. I will not go bankrupt over Fox. Don't misunderstand me. I'm, I will miss the money, Joe. <laughs> but, it, but it ain't that big of a deal. It isn't enough for me to miss it over my principal. But they came to you and they said, oh, if you have a ca- – you, you do a caveat. If you say, well, I'm sorry or apologize. They I'm not going to speak to that. Here's what I will tell you. If I could have kept my job at Fox. So – by the way, Joe Kapiska, what's his deal? It's like, does he really sound like that normally? So this is where it kind of gets good because Kevin Jackson's talking about, uh, you know, how he could have kept his job, and uh, and then he then he starts talking about a couple people who are currently on Fox News, who he's you know, and here's my thing with Kevin Jackson as a contributor, and if he said that uh, on Twitter, wouldn't it be? good programming to have him on in a, in a circle and have somebody uh, take him on over his use of words. And then he can explain it. And, and, and isn't, why isn't it more about illumination instead of suffocation of voices? I don't understand how that happens. I don't understand, you know, it's, it's like with uh, Stacey Newman and her cabal. I don't understand why uh, they, the they decided that they really actually wanted to make a voice disappear and crush the First Amendment while utilizing it presumably on their own. Uh, I mean, how, why, how can you use the First Amendment to crush the First Amendment uh, uh, or free speech of others uh, and instead of just refuting it? I, I just find that odd. But anyway, uh, this is how it rolled with uh, with Kevin as he started to get into it a little bit. Wow. Yeah, but you you know what you don't you can play the race card, man. Come on, come on, I'm a black man. I'm a black man, and I'm angry, man. Come on, put put a pull of Maxine Waters, Kevin. Okay, shut up, Kevin. Eventually, they're gonna have to have more than Harris Faulkner over there. But look, beautiful lady, totally professional, and Harris and I are completely different styles. But here's what I will tell you: there's a network of people out there, Joe that are listening to me that want to put something together that challenges Fox and, and all these other PC, you know, yeah, systems. Yeah, yeah. and they want people like me is to use Jack Nicholson guarding that line. You want me there, Joe, you need me on yeah, that line, <laughs> you know, cause that's what, that's the next step is yeah. that they go to attack your sponsor. I'm trying hold up the, the airline stuff. I'm no trying question. to get, I'm trying to get show oh, at, at Fox. Yeah, we a, got uh, Jesse Waters. Okay, here, here, here it is. I'm sorry. You know, I was told, and I think I told you this, they said they'd rather have me come on as a guest because then they don't have to, you know, deal with what I have to say. No problem. You know, re- renew my contract. That's what I'll do. But then, to, you know, can me over that, I think is pretty, pretty, you know, pretty crass. But here's what got me. They, the person that commented said that my comment was reprehensible. And I was thinking, okay, well, you, you may disagree with the language, but, but to call it, to say we let Kevin go because we didn't agree with his comment, I'm cool with that. But to say it's reprehensible, 
No, it wasn't. It was the truth. Yeah. So it, yeah. Uh, it yeah. Makes me yeah. Wonder, what do you consider reprehensible? Yeah. Now, here's what I also tell you, and I'm not condemning anybody. You know, I'm just going to tell you the way it is. Yeah. Ed Henry was hanging out with strippers while he was married, and he's got a show. Oh boy. You know, he hosts the weekend show oh, at, at Fox. Yeah, we got uh, Jesse Waters, Uh-oh. who just recently divorced his wife or is in the process, and he's hanging out with some young chick that he did. Now, see, I think there are many people that find that reprehensible, but I don't care. If that's what Fox decides they want to have on, congratulations to them. I'm not moralizing about Ed Henry or Jesse Waters. But don't call my comment reprehensible unless you want to point the finger at those two. Yeah. So anyway, that was interesting because actually I didn't know. Did you all know? I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not a gossiper, and I, and it's. And to tell you the truth, I've never figured it was any of my business, and it wouldn't be any of my business what happens with Ed Henry, uh, or with uh, you know happens with uh, with Jesse Waters. I didn't actually know that about Jesse Waters. Did you all know all that stuff about him? Because I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know. Um, I didn't know that ab- about about him. So anyway. Kevin decides she's going to go ahead and and smoke Ed Henry and Jesse Waters in his interview. So, you know, that's, and that was funny. I mean, I'm, you know, come on, you know, and and apparently the story behind Jesse Waters is he had, he had a relationship with a 25 year old producer and that got him into trouble with his, uh, with his wife. And so she, uh, divorced him and then they moved the producer over to, uh, Laura Ingram show and so that whole thing. So they've got their own issues over there. But anyway, uh, I won't be mentioning any of that when I'm up there. But nonetheless, it was funny to watch uh, um, Kevin uh, do his do his thing and and beat Kevin Jackson. So um, he and I t- uh, texted back and forth a little bit. Um, you know, uh, Kevin's been. Well, I mean, we, he and I, 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 I mean, do I wish I would have heard from more people over what happened to me? Yeah. I, and would I like to have heard more from Kevin uh, when this all stuff went down for me? Yeah. Uh, I think I got a text from him, but, you know, I mean, I, I, so I, I you know, I, I, but, I, but I don't hold grudges. I mean, I know uh, it is what it is, and I don't get to, too, um, too upset about stuff like that. I mean, uh, the next day... After all that happened to me, I was like, okay, what am I doing next? Because uh, that's what I do. I don't, I don't go and, uh, and, and uh, I, I, I react and I work. And uh, that's, that's, how the, that's how the whole thing uh, rolls. Is it, uh, I just um, get back up again, and that's where I am now. And I appreciate everybody's support and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I began the show with uh with something and i and i'm i'm sure you all can uh tell me that i i i should not feel uh guilty uh, about any of this uh at all because um uh i i i i have to tell you though that i did check uh the um the bad guy box uh last night by gratuitously and purposely rooting against the Cubs, even though I really had no vested interest in the game other than I didn't like the Cubs. And now is that a, um, unsportsmanlike? Not really. Uh, I didn't, uh, want the Cubs to win. And is it, is it, is it a sore loser thing for me because I'm a Cardinal fan? 
kind of, a little bit. But I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, if, if, if the Cardinals aren't going to win it and get in it, then the Cubs aren't either. <laughs> so that's what's my, that was my viewpoint. So I, stood, I stayed up through 13 innings of this game until the, uh, until the Colorado Rockies beat the Cubs, and I, was, and I was glad. Now, did a little bit of me feel bad? Kind of? Yeah. Because, you know, first of all, I was watching the game, and it was in Chicago. Oh, the Rockies won, Paula. So the Cubs lost. So they're out. They are out. That was for the wild card, I believe, because the Brewers are the division champions, and then uh, so the Rockies will play the Brewers. So anyway, um, I uh, I was watching the game, and I was watching it, and and seeing the Cubs fans, and you know it's kind of hard because you know they're all I've been there before where you really want to win, and you know they show the they show the uh, the people and then the little kids. You know, their Cubs things on, and you're like, oh, I feel bad, but I want your team to lose. I feel horrible about that. And it's like a little kid who wants to, all he wants is to see the Cubs win, you know? And I'm like, no, I don't want to see him win. And I like, I do have to tell you, though, it is interesting when I watch some of these playoff games, and I love baseball. So I love watching baseball. I love watching baseball highlights. It's just I absolutely love baseball and love watching it. And and I these people who are going, the games are too long. It's like too long. They're too short. They ought to have eight-hour baseball games as far as I'm concerned. I love it so much. So I just I, – and, and when I was a kid – uh, I, I and the and the Cardinals kind of were by the time I was uh you know I was I was five when they won when in sixty eight sixty seven when they were and sixty four I was a year old so I was like you know okay um I didn't remember any of that but by the time I got a little older uh by the time I was you know nine and ten the Cardinals weren't all that great it was like seventy one and you know we had Dal Maxville that was about it but I I loved all baseball. I, and I loved all of it, and so I collected all my baseball cards. I had all my favorite teams in the American League. I loved the Oakland A's was like my favorite team in the American League, and I loved the Pirates, and the Cubs weren't any good then, so I didn't care about them. But the Pirates and Willie Stargell and all those dudes, Manny Sanguian and all those guys, I loved loved all that. Anyway, back to, uh, yeah, Father Mel- Tom, the, the Cardinals were like, yeah. I mean, they were not any good back then. They they were just they had been such a great team in the sixties and then the seventies like ugh, just my luck anyway I always I do have to say though that that the um, that when I watch people and Father Tom you can maybe chime in on this it's so interesting to watch people uh, sitting there with their hands folded like they're praying for the Cubs. It's the one thing I never really liked about playoff baseball is is that level of desperation because to me, uh, and I'm not and I'm I'm not trying to criticize people because I think I, I guess the, the the idea that you even talk to God is fine uh, is is a good thing probably, but it's interesting how they'll pray to God for their baseball team to win. And I'm thinking, well, why would you like? First of all, that's kind of a waste of a prayer because uh, God's busy. 
um, and, and doing other things, you know. And so I would imagine that that I would not occupy God's time with trying to get Rizzo to to double into center field. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, well, certainly there's a there's a better uh, utilization of a prayer than to than to pray for a double. You know, I I, I would think if you're going to talk to God, there's other things you could possibly do. And and and, and plus, I have a weird. Uh, notion about praying anyway, where I, I'm not quite sure I would really, uh, uh, I, I'm not quite sure I would really necessarily um, pray for a a material thing, like pray for money or pray for a car or pray for a baseball game win or that kind of thing. It's always kind of weird to me to watch people, uh, you know, pray <laughs> like that. Margaret says, oh, yeah, so Minnesota fired Paul Molitor. Uh, Margaret, do you remember when uh, Paul Molitor was with the Brewers when we beat the Brewers in the 82 World Series? Paul Molitor was a great baseball player. It's actually kind of a little rare to have uh, such excellent baseball players as managers. But, uh, but, he, uh, but, but Paul Molitor was awesome. And uh, and it was a was a good manager, but he I, but he was also Paul Molitor of the famous Brew Crew. In fact, I think Molitor was the only guy that didn't have like a big ugly beard on the Brewers team then. Because remember the, the the Brew Crew, they were a slovenly bunch of individuals in Milwaukee then. Uh, Gorman Thomas and all those guys with their big beards and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I was, uh, I was very interested in that whole thing. Uh, you know, I, I was very interested in, in that whole crew because they didn't tuck their shirts in and they had beards and they really kind of were disgusting and, and actually deserved to lose based on that, that they were disgusting, greasy baseball players. And so I was glad to, on that level, well, you know, in college, I wasn't really caring about any sartorial, you know, uh, prowess on the part of the Brewers, but I'm just saying they were just like, Bleh. yeah, and Ted Simmons was there too. That's right. Uh, Simba. Yeah, he was great. Ted Simmons was awesome. Of course, he used to be with the Cardinals, but then went, went over there. Ted Simmons was great. Uh, I think, uh, I think underrated to tell you the truth when it comes to, uh, old Ted. All right. So president Trump, the latest now. Okay. So here's a story we're going to get. Uh, we continue to get with the Kavanaugh thing, but even that's starting to die down. So now that they're now that now that Christine Ford's story is collapsing in a heap, and, and she may have indeed perjured herself, and if she did that, she needs to be charged with perjury. And unfortunately, now because she's treated with such kid gloves, even though I knew the minute she opened her mouth, she was lying. Uh, but she's being treated with kid gloves, so everybody's got to qualify everything you say. Oh, you know, her testimony was cr- clearly something did happen to her. You know what? I'm to the point right now where I don't think anything happened to this chick. Nothing. And I think she's lying, and I think she's being used by the left, and I think uh, they're too stupid to have covered all their tracks. And so now she's being busted and disgusted and can no longer be trusted. That's the bottom line with Christine Ford. 
hole after hole after hole in her story. This this mythical airplane phobia that she has, which is proven to be false. She might still be scared of airplanes, but a person who's scared of flying, she flies a hell of a lot. So we all have established that. Then, of course, that second door thing, that's already been established by records that it was actually built as an extension of a house that eventually was used uh, to, to rent out to not only a marriage therapist, but then also to people who were tenants there that she even admitted course, later on. We had Google tenants living there. <laughs> yeah. We had Google tenants living there. and Yeah. She didn't mention the therapist that, that, that actually uh, basically sold the house to them and then became a, the, the, uh, the tenant and, and, and had an office there. So she had, a, so she had the, uh, the, um, the, the rented it out to her. And then the third hole in her story is about the, 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 the polygraph lie. And, and that's, of course, that actually might be uh, the most compelling piece of evidence of her perjuring herself because she was asked explicitly whether she had ever coached anybody for a polygraph test. And she said, never. I'm sorry, she said, Never. And, and of course, her former boyfriend, who might be lying himself, who knows, but he has submitted, he has done this under penalty of a felony. He said explicitly, I watched her coach somebody through a polygraph test. And, of course, we knew she had coached somebody through a polygraph test because the investigator would never have asked her that question if the investigator didn't already know the answer. And, of course, Christine Ford, even though she is apparently a Ph.D., wasn't smart enough to pick up on that, and so she lied. Because people who lie, it's hard to keep everything straight. You know, It's hard to keep your wits about you when you are a a, a, a born-bred liar. So you, so you, so even when somebody asks you a question, because you're so phony and because you're so inauthentic and because you're such a liar, it doesn't ever occur to you that it doesn't, nothing go, goes off in your brain. Like, I wonder why she's asking me whether I've ever coached somebody giving somebody a polygraph test. Because most of us who listen to that question well, not most of us. Some, some of you might have missed it. But if you did listen to the question or saw the question being asked, it probably would have occurred to you like it did to me. Like, I wonder why they're asking whether or not she ever coached somebody with a, uh, with a polygraph test for a polygraph test. That was a really unusual question in hindsight. I mean, I, I heard the question and I kind of like thought, oh, that's interesting to ask her that. But I didn't, I didn't really delve into it because I was too busy trying to – uh, keep from throwing up, listening to her fake voice and watching her fake hair in front of her fake face with her fake glasses and everything else. I was having trouble. I, I couldn't concentrate. I was, my eyes were bleeding. My ears were bleeding, so I couldn't really keep up. But anyway, uh, she didn't uh, 
she, she, she it didn't occur to her that this person was asking her a question that was so kind of out of the blue and off the grid that it had to be a setup. It had to be a – this person had to have knowledge she did or at least believe that possibly she did. And so uh, – Clearly, that's the biggest one that is refuted. Now, I, I, I don't know the timing of her, boyfriend's, uh, of her boyfriend's note to the Judiciary Committee. I mean, the, I, when I looked at the news about it, I thought, well, did this, this just happen after the hearing? Because apparently before the hearing, there was some degree of knowledge about her prowess with a polygraph test. And then, of course, it turns out we had all these news people going, yeah, but she took a polygraph test without ever even bothering to find out what the polygraph test was or what it was all about. So, again, this thing stinking to high heaven. So now what, 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 what is the landscape for today? More blathering on about, about uh, temperament. Because they're going to insinuate that, well, I know, maybe he didn't attempt to rape her. And maybe he wasn't responsible for all that, for for uh, organizing a gang rape ring. Maybe he wasn't guilty of that either. And uh, maybe he didn't pull his pants down. Yeah, Mar- Ramirez, where did that story go? Maybe he didn't pull his pants down in front of uh, Mrs. Ramirez. But you know what? His reaction to being accused of all that didn't show a whole lot of temperament to be on the Supreme Court. I'm thinking, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, but, but that's what they're doing now. Jeff Flake. Well, you know, I know I, I would have I, I would be mad, too, if I was falsely accused. But you just don't speak to senators like that. I'm like, um, as I said earlier, I'm surprised Kavanaugh didn't pull a gun at this thing for crying out. He was so angry and he and probably would have been, you know, justified. And I still would have okayed him for the Supreme Court. I would have doubled down on that one. Well, clearly he's for the Second Amendment. No, I'm just kidding. You don't wave a gun around. I'm just kidding. But I am saying, though, that now suddenly the issue is, well, I know, but does he have the temperament? I'm like, you mean a guy falsely accused of of organizing gang rapes and groping people? Uh, Now you're upset that he's upset? Well, no, we're not upset that he's upset because everybody would be upset. We're just worried uh, about how he was it conveying his upsetery. I'm going, you've got to be joking. And, of course, leave it to candy ass, pansy, beta boy, Jeff Flake to be the one to bring that up in prominence. But, yeah, everybody's story, they're falling through. So that's the landscape. It's going to be the temperament thing. And then today it's going to be um, – because last night the headlines were out there, and the headlines were President Trump is mocking an alleged rape victim. And, and here's what he had to say uh, at the rally. Oh, sorry. They had gang rape, a gang rape, many times. Well, that turned out to be false. So many different charges. Guilty until proven innocent. That's very dangerous for our country. That's very dangerous for our country. And I have it myself all the time. But for me, it's like a part of the job description. Surprised they didn't all start yelling, lock her up. <laughs> that would have been awesome. She's a, she's a liar. Let it happen to me. Shouldn't happen to him. Shouldn't happen to him. What he's going through, 
36 years ago, this happened. I had one beer, right? I had one beer. Well, do you think it was? Nope, it was one beer. So he's he's really saying, too, that that uh, it's amazing and shocking to most people that the only thing she remembers for sure is that she had one beer. And, of course, that is because if she had any more, it would be used to impugn her credibility. So uh, she, she sure as hell remembers just one beer. That's all. Good. How did you get home? I don't remember. How'd you get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What neighborhood was it in? I don't know. Where's the house? I don't know. Upstairs, downstairs. And by the way, uh, this is a pretty small community. I know a lot of people who uh, lived in communities like that, and uh, everybody knew exactly what everybody was up to. I don't know. But I had one beer. That's the only thing I remember. And a man's life is in tatters. A man's life is shattered. His wife is shattered. His daughters, who are beautiful, incredible young kids, they destroy people. They want to destroy people. These are really evil people. And then you see... And, it's, and, it, and, and is there anything that President Trump said there that isn't true regarding her story? Because she doesn't remember any of that stuff and only remembers... Well, uh, that she had one beer and ask anybody who does any investigative work what that tells you. And they will tell you that the old BS meter pins. Yeah. Yeah. All right. people. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to Radio Free Almond, RadioFreeAlmond.com. I talked to somebody else last night about getting more Radio Free Almond gear. I'm talking about, like, um, the V-necks and the hoodies. Get up for fall and winter. So we're going to try to work on that, okay? Okay. Thank you to Discovery Design. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Thank you for your uh, support of the show and for the studio. Naputi Wellness. Tracy Ellis. Thank you. TracyEllis.com. NaputiWellness.com. Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855, quote me. Thank you to Golden Oak Lending, 567-GOLD, 314-567-GOLD. Thank you, Santino, Cigars and Cocktails, Vogel Road, Arnold. They've got your bottle. They're beautiful. Love these guys. And thank you to my newest sponsor, Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks, right there in beautiful, beautiful Rock Hill, McKnight, Manchester. You go there, stock up. It's worth the trip. And Ricky Hall will take good care of you. Just make sure you mention my name and you are rolling, okay? You're going to get a 
great deal from him. All your supplements. They got whey protein now with Snickers bits in it. Still healthy for you. Protein pizzas. Winnowing, weight loss aids. Put you on an entire program. And what's even cooler is they have this new pre-workout now where it was in relation to Colin Kaepernick and the the pre-workout has Uncle Sam on it showing his muscles and it's called Stand the F Up. (laughs) Love it. I'll put a picture of that on Facebook right after I'm done here so you guys can see it. NHQ.rocks. It's actually, Chris, uh, thank you for your uh, rocks as an R-O-C-K-S. So thanks a ton, everybody. RadioFreeAlman.com. Have a great rest of your day.